1: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi
2: and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This one's for you tonight. Okay, let's get started.
1: Riley. Oh my God, Amy, I can tell, I can (laughs) tell you're sick just from your voice and the way you said your name.
0: I'm fighting for my life over here.
1: (laughs) Well, so tell me, you told me a little bit, you know, off mic, but I want our little turtle cuties to understand what's happening. When did you know you were sick and how do you feel?
0: Um, I started having a sore throat on Monday. It is now Thursday. I feel shitty, <clears throat> but better than I did. I'm <laughs> sorry, you guys, if I keep doing little <laughs> um I have a very sore throat. I went to urgent care this morning uh I went to an urgent care by my house uh yesterday. That was kind of a lackluster urgent care. They had. Um, they also did like um, like lipo and um, microneedling and stuff. And I was like, wow. that's weird. Um, that seems not like what I want. Where I want to go. <laughs> right. And uh, they did a strep test, and it was negative. And um, once they had that negative result, they really didn't uh, care to inquire any further about what was wrong with me and they were like you know like drink tea and like whatever and i was like i'm in a great deal of pain drink tea <laughs> and so i was like fuck you guys i just i completely implode in those situations and i get very irritable and don't advocate for myself so i just left defeated and then i had a night of agony i didn't sleep at all and was just like swallowing fiery daggers all oh night oh
2: my god the
1: worst
0: And then I went to a different urgent care that I've been to before when I did have strep throat, and they were cool. I'll give them a shout out. Hollywood Urgent Care on Melrose uh, near Paramount. I've been Uh, there before. (laughs) You know what? They were
1: great to me, too.
0: Yeah, I've had good experience. They have fun Hollywood um photographs in every room. Yes. This time I had um Marilyn Monroe and Jane Russell at Gramman's um signing their signature in the cement. And last time, I remember it was Norman Bates outside of his home and I was like, that's kind of spooky. I kind of like it.
1: Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Who's Jane Russell?
0: Um they were in um Gentlemen Prefer Blondes oh. together. She's a a brassy dame. She's great.
1: Did you consider Uh, it an upgrade to go from Norman to Marilyn or or the reverse? I kind
0: of wanted the Norman because we're like entering spooky season.
1: That would have been so fun.
0: Yeah. But Marilyn's shining smile got me through. Um, The doctor was outraged about my treatment at the other urgent care. And he um, said my throat was red as hell. He was like, it's on fuego in there. We must help you. Um, and we think it's, despite the strep test, probably some sort of a bacterial infection. And he gave me a steroid and an antibiotic in my ass. Both um, of them were in your ass? <laughs> both cheeks, baby.
1: <laughs> Left cheek, antibiotic, right cheek, steroid?
0: I didn't get to see which was which. Um but, yeah, I uh, pulled down my leggings and they let it rip. And then um, I also got take-home meds that I will be taking for the next week, which actually I is chill. I don't have any plans. Uh, if we want to let the turtle cuties into our plans, we're going to Big Bear next weekend for Oktoberfest. Yes. And so I think my run of meds will end just in time.
1: Good. And it's so antibiotics. You're continuing your antibiotic uh, treatment until Big Bear. Yeah. And then you'll Uh, be able to drink as many steins of beers as you want in Big Bear.
0: Exactly. I'm like, uh, Dr. Turtle Cuties, don't judge me, but I'm trying to do the mental math on like, so I got the butt shot today. So that Mm -hmm. is a dose, right? Like that's like a version of it. But then on the bottle, it wants me to take the antibiotics for seven days which if that starts tomorrow, that will bleed into the first day of our trip because it's Friday. Yeah. But I'm like, if I got a dose today and then I take the pills for six days, doesn't that still count as seven days of antibiotics? Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> so that I
0: can drink?
1: <laughs> yes. For so the first day, <laughs> you're fully in the clear based off what your doctor said.
0: And... uh I was telling our friend Natalie, who's going on the trip, and she was like, it's giving Max Todd. Uh, remember when he like busted his face and they were like, no drinking. And he drank anyways.
1: Yeah. And James was supposed to protect him and take care of him. But James <laughs> was the one pouring shots down his throat.
0: He had like faith on his lap and was like doing shots. And it was just like total debauchery.
1: Yeah. I'm so uh, sorry you're dealing with that. I <laughs> um I haven't been sick since COVID. You know, when we did that COVID remote. In April or whenever the hell that was, and um, yeah, it sucks <laughs> yeah. so bad. I'm so sorry. And sore throat particularly is like the worst thing to deal with because you have to swallow a thousand times a day, and it makes you not want to do the one thing that is the, one of the things you do the most in your
0: life. I've been like spitting in a cup to avoid swallowing, like I'm like I don't know, like a baseball player or something.
1: Do you um, do you have any of those wonderful like echinacea uh, throat lozenges? Oh, those are good. Those are good.
0: I'm like, the thing is, like, at a certain point, I don't know what was going on, but, like, I reached a threshold where it was beyond any cure-all. Like, I tried everything, like, gargling salt water, the lozenges, um, throat coat tea, um, I ate, garlic. I, like, I did everything. It, like, it was just, like, not happening.
1: Damn. Well, Um, I, I... Oh, I just wanted to say I'm so sorry. And I and I feel like there might be some listeners who are going, what the hell are you doing (laughs) (laughs) recording? So let's let's do a light and breezy and sort of fast paced quick episode so that we're not just, you know, making you miserable this entire time. And for the people who love our three hour episodes, I think we have to not commit to that this episode. I think we're going to do a quick and dirty. um, Right. Like maybe hopefully yeah, we'll see
0: what happens. You can't, uh, we can't be trusted to stop talking.
1: No, that's exactly right. And that's true. But I think to wrap up this, I just want to say, Amy, I hope you get better soon. I can't wait for seven days from now. when We're in big bear and we're going to be chugging beers with, um, <laughs> we didn't tell our little turtle cuties, but we're going to meet up with Sheena's uh, ex-boyfriend, Rob <laughs> and party with him at Oktoberfest, which will be kind of fun.
0: You're going to get drunk and see if you can swim to that buoy.
1: Yes, I want to prove that I am a better swimmer than Jax Taylor because I've had this grudge against him for a really long time. So I'm going to try to do that buoy swim test and do it all in one, you know, there and back without drowning, hopefully. Okay, (laughs) well, let's transition into the Turtle Time news update. Uh, Did you hear that?
0: It's so high tech
1: let me i'm gonna do it one more time because there's another transition option so just one second i just want to do one different different take um okay everyone and we are now going to go into the uh certified turtle time news update oh Uh
0: god that was very very similar
1: yeah which one did you like more they were kind of similar
0: i feel like did the second one have a little more gravitas
1: yeah the second one was a little longer it's um, like,
0: what's the TMZ one? It goes. Oh,
2: it's like yeah. three
0: of those. Yes. By the way, not to veer, um, away. Um, but I saw that movie dumb money, uh, last weekend. Um, it's not that good. I yeah. don't recommend it, but, um, <laughs> the guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the stonk, stonk bro from Reddit or whatever, uh, he kind of had like turtle time energy. Uh, I'm like feeling his vibe right now. He like would do these like self-tape YouTube videos and there would be like little like cat gifs and stuff. So if we can figure out how to integrate that technology, um I'd be down.
1: He what was so what was turtle time ask about him?
0: I'm just reminded of his vlogging style right now because we don't usually record this way. Right. Um but his fans um, are very loyal, like the Turtle Cuties. Like He convinced them all to risk all of their funds on the GameStop stock. And uh, they respected him so much that they held firm on their buy. And I feel like the Turtles would do that for us. Yeah, so,
1: that, Yeah, well, it's a good segue into introducing the stock of the week, which we want them all to buy.
0: The, the ape. The... Uh, <laughs> So yeah, what what's is that? It? What is that called? I've already like deleted the Yeah. The, what's it I called?
2: Bitcoin. I don't know. The, the, the Bitcoin.
0: What's like the art one?
1: <laughs> oh, oh. Um what were those called? Art.
0: Oh, <laughs> NFTs. Yeah. Oh we're my god, NFTs. time each episode is an NFT that we yeah. will offer for a very low introductory price.
1: Yes. They're they're extremely rare. They're one of a kind, and they cost what do you think? Seven hundred dollars each. Sure. People um, don't talk about NFTs very much anymore.
0: I think they've like lost their value.
1: Oh, okay. That's something. a bummer.
0: Like I think Bitcoin is like done. Um
1: Yeah, Bitcoin is done. Yeah. NFTs are done.
0: Stonks. Okay. Sorry. Anyways, but um Yeah, the News Minute, sorry you guys, is going to be very uh, Tom Sandoval heavy this week. There's like three different things.
1: Yeah, I I think it has to be just because of the sheer number of projects Tom Sandoval was a part of this week. He not only is starring in um, World's Toughest Test, right? Special Forces World's Toughest Test, he's also secretly singing in a costume (laughs) on Masked Singer, and it is... 100% 100% Tom all <laughs> There's absolutely no doubt about it. It is him, which is kind of funny is to just like, fully, huh?
0: Yeah. Is this like the first time that's ever happened where everyone was just a hundred percent certain from before it even aired?
1: I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure. Cause I've never been a part of any Masked singer previous season, but I just think because Bravo fans are, we were so in tune with the nuances of the Bravo lebs. You know, that the fact that those clues, it just absolutely could not be anyone. And we know him so well, maybe like a a huge segment of the masked singer population would have no idea what those clues meant. I'm pumped up. I'm a hated (laughs) creature, but we just, it just cannot be anyone but him for us because we're just so aware of everything about his history and the shows he's on and what's been going on. So I don't know. I feel like we just had a leg up completely.
0: (laughs) For sure. Um, yeah, uh, I guess because uh, we were joking about like how like auto-tuned he is or whatever. But I guess do they always sort of like mask the voice as well so that it's not like a dead giveaway or I don't know. <laughs> uh,
1: I thought the whole – so I I know nothing about the show. So it might be so annoying to to like listen to if you're a huge mask, mask singer head. But I would think that you would unalter the voice because that's the one way you're supposed to recognize someone. Right. So I was yeah. listening to Tom Sandoval sing – And I was like, oh, I recognize like 60% of his voice. And then the 40% where he was like going really high. I was like, that is not Tom Sandoval's voice. Like we've heard him sing
0: so many times. So Uh, what was uh, it? Any way you want it. That's the way you need it.
1: Any way you want it. What is it? Yeah. Any way you want it. That's the way you get it.
0: Any way you want it. That's the way you need it. Any way you want it. Oh, Oh, yeah. I think that's on the Rock of Ages soundtrack, which I bet he fucking loves Rock of Ages. I just realized.
1: Why would he like that? I've never seen it.
0: Oh, my God. We should watch it. It's fucking amazing. Okay. <laughs> I would love to. It's, like, very outrageous. Um, I'm just having a brilliant idea. Maybe Tom Sandoval should be in the a touring cast of Rock of Ages.
1: <laughs> Do you think he would enjoy that?
0: He would love it.
1: What is, rock, like- what is rock of Ages? Like, I don't even... Is that the one that it's, Tom Cruise is in?
0: Yeah. Whoa. Um it's like a jukebox musical of um basically like what would you call it? Like hair metal or like um like 70s and 80s like rock. Okay. Um and uh it's a blast.
1: <laughs> okay, let's definitely watch it and let's definitely try to get Tom Sandoval part of their um What's that called? Their cast, touring cast. Yeah,
0: let's do it. So, um, I did, did th- watch um, World's Toughest Test. I watched okay. the entire episode.
1: Okay, so I um, didn't even see one clip of it or know when it was on or when it came out. So please tell me your thoughts on it from watching it.
0: Honestly, <laughs> I think I might watch the whole thing. Uh, it's insane. Um, it's very like fear factor esque almost. Um, it's like, so it opens with all of the celebrities, um, in a van and they like, don't know where they're going and they put, (laughs) are they uh,
1: blindfolded with bags on their head?
0: They put bags on their head. No way. They make them get out and get into like a human centipede chain gang to like walk where they're going.
1: Head to ass?
0: <laughs> they have like their like shoulder like hands on each other's shoulders. And then you don't um, know who
1: they are because their bags are on their heads.
0: Yeah. And uh their first challenge is to like walk. It's not a tight rope, but it's almost like as if a ladder has been laid across a gorge. Like each of your feet is on a very uh narrow uh Whoa. thing and there's just like a I don't know, it's like three hundred feet in the air or something. Um and they are you know wearing like a uh bungee or whatever but uh like everyone falls like for the most part uh actually sandoval makes it across Whoa. um but like the since it's like army style they're all they're so mean to them like yeah jojo siwa will like smirk and they'll be like shut up you're disgusting <laughs> yeah, yeah I- <laughs> it's just like jojo siwa you're like okay um Tara Reed, I don't know what's going on with her, but um I do not think she should have been approved to be on this show. Okay. I'm like concerned for her health and safety. Um, there's one point in the show when um she's like falling asleep because they think it's like the end of the day, and then and they all have numbers, like they wear like a number on their arm, and she's number two, and they just <laughs> scream, they're like, number two, get out here. And she like She's like wakes up, she's like, What? And she like runs out. And I think she's wearing like long johns or something because they're like, Where are your pants? She was like, I was sleeping. And they're like, Go put on your pants. And then she like tries to like jog back to go like put her pants on and she like falls. Like she can't oh, even no. like just go from point A to point B. She gets um in trouble for trying to bring in contraband Marlboro lights.
2: Whoa. Um,
0: she just like keeps getting in trouble. And then um, so they do like the um, you know the latter thing, and like ha- I don't know how many of them make it. Like a small percentage of them make it across. Um, it's kind of anticlimactic, and then uh, they go back to their like barracks or whatever. And there's drama between Brian Austin Green and Black China. Okay. Um, and then um, they <laughs> when they have Tara Reed come over, they put a bag on her head again. Oh my um, god. And guide her into this little like Guantanamo um, interrogation chamber, which it's like just very funny because it's clearly just like a set. Right. Like it's like dirt on the floor and it's like made to look kind of like shitty. But I'm like, this is just like you had like set decorators like working right. on this, and like they like unmask her and she's like, she looks so like bewildered and like scared, <laughs> like she looks so, <laughs> terrorized. And they're kind of like, you can tell that they kind of feel bad. Like, they're like, oh, no. And she's like, I, you know, like, I'm not in the shape that I would like to be in. But I wanted to use this opportunity to, like, I don't know, like, grow and, like, prove to myself, whatever. And they're like, (laughs) they, like, stopped being assholes for a second. They're like, well, you know, we're not just looking for physical strength, but also mental strength. Like, they couldn't be like, shut up, bitch. They were like, okay. It's fine. Wow. <laughs> um, she kind of broke them a little bit. Yeah, so she cries and then they called Jojo Siwa into the interrogation chamber. So they, again, like Abu Ghraib, like, put a mask oh. on Jojo Siwa, which, like, she's the most, like, adorable. Like, I think she's, like, 20 years old, but she looks like a child and, like, wears, uh-huh. like, pigtails and stuff. And so it's just, like, very funny for them, her specifically, to be treated this way and, like, get, like, questioned in this area. Um, and she cries, too.
1: Oh, wow. Does does Tom in the first episode go into the uh, interrogation room?
0: Not yet. I hope his time comes soon. I would love to see that. Um, there
1: is something kind of funny about the Marine, like, you know, they're just being mean, like, uh, performatively, you know? So it is kind yeah. of funny, and I guess I guess seeing them do that to, like, these celebrities sounds really silly like them going like wake
0: up maggot yeah it's hilarious um i don't know how they're all not just laughing because i would be like laughing so much i would be like this is fucking insane like what are we doing how desperate for cash are we that we're putting ourselves through this at one point they like um jack osborne is on it um And uh, they, at one point, make them go run to a pile of rocks and they have to select a rock and they don't know what they have to do with it yet. But it turns out they have to like hold it over their head for an extended period of time. And so they're like, says a lot about what size of rock each person chose. And like they had to like squat through, like do squats with a rock and all this stuff. And I don't remember his name, but I think he's a fairly well-known football player. Fucking throws up doing it. Whoa. And I'm like, did he just go like way harder than everyone else? Because he's so used to doing like hard workouts, or because it looked hard, but it was like, I don't know, it didn't look that hard.
1: (laughs) Yeah, wow. I mean, so you you think you'll continue to watch it?
0: I think I will. It was honestly, I watched it with Jimmy, and we were laughing the whole time. It was pretty funny. All Um, right.
1: I mean, I might watch it too. I mean, it does sound (laughs) funny to see Tom Sandoval in that environment.
0: Yeah, uh, they uh, had nice little um, introductory comments from the army guys for when they first, you know, got, I don't know, unveiled. And so it would be like Sandoval and his hair is like all in his face. And they're like, like, pretty boy, like, who are you? Like, what are you doing here? And he's like, um, I'm on a reality show. And they go, well, welcome to reality.
2: (laughs) Oh, wow. Like,
0: they had like a little remark for like everybody. Uh, and I'm like, it's so humiliating to be like, who are you? Why are you here? Like, why should I know who you are?
1: <laughs> right. But they're all they're all like reality stars. Right.
0: Pretty much. Or like um, oh, yeah,
1: football players.
0: Actors, uh, yeah, I think there's one of them that's like um, it was like a more niche sport. Like it was like skiing or something like that, where I was like, I definitely don't know who that is. Yeah. Um But yeah, so I would say the at least try the first episode. Uh see what you think. I just thought it was very funny and it's kind of like that perfect kind of TV that I don't really watch anymore where it's just like so dumb. Yeah. And like you don't have to follow it at all. Yeah. You can just be like this is the silliest thing I've ever seen. Like cuz even now with housewives we have to like pay attention and like we have all these opinions and there's like I don't know, like the whole universe is, you know, there's a lot going on. Whereas with something yeah. like this, it's just contained madness. Yeah that uh,
1: that's how uh, that's how I felt about that masked uh, singer clip that I saw. It like it, it seemed. I mean, it seems like one of the dumbest premises I've ever heard of in my life, you know. And I would have never watched that, but just watching that clip in isolation of a person in a weird costume singing. Is that Journey that song? Yeah. Any... I think so. Sure. Oh, okay. Or
0: no, it might be like one of those like one name bands like Rush or oh, like okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it, but it just was right. Right. it was just it was silly. You know, it was just so silly. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I mean, I can Im- understand why people watch this. It's like very heightened like karaoke where you don't know who is singing. I don't know, it just seemed well, also, a little more like...
0: The responses, like he he would just be like singing and it was very like average and whatever. And then they would cut to the crowd and they'd be like, Oh my god! (laughs) Like the judges would be like, No way! And you're like, What? Yeah,
1: Yeah, that was my favorite part just seeing everybody (laughs) freak out to this performance, like it was the best thing they'd ever seen in their life.
0: (laughs) Andy McCarthy would be like, this guy, oh my god. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: that was funny. Apparently, apparently, I haven't seen the clip yet, but apparently Ken Jeong um, guessed who it was. I don't know if you already heard that. but really? he, guess, About- he goes, he goes is, it, is that Tom Sandoval? And everybody booed. So I have to see that clip. I haven't seen that yet. I just saw the performance.
0: So is it like they, it doesn't matter if they guess? Like, are they like outed if they guess or it doesn't matter? Yeah. <laughs>
1: You <laughs> know, I I don't know. <laughs> I I need to watch the show. I have I I can't understand. I don't understand the concept of it. Do they guess, and then once they guess and they get it right, are you kicked off? Or I don't know. <laughs> and, and, did you and you? We already talked about the candy one. at one time. Oh yeah. I really want to uh, see the. I want to see the candy performance and what costume she was wearing.
0: Yeah, I watched um one that was Wendy Williams. She was like giant lips. And she sounds like total shit, but she sounds like Wendy Williams. Um, And uh, Jenny McCarthy was on Watch What Happens Live with Heather Dubrow because they did that sitcom together in the 90s. Oh, right. Um, And uh, someone called in and was like, can you tell us anything about, you know, that everyone thinks Tom Sandoval is on The Masked Singer? And she was like are you trying to get me fired? She was like, I can't say anything. She was like, I will say that whoever it is has been on this show before. As in oh. watch what happens. Live. And I was like, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's a big guess or a big uh, yeah. clue.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. And so I guess I also watched dancing with the stars. I'm sure you saw at least the clip of Ariana.
1: Yeah. I saw the clip, um, but I've never watched that she show before.
0: Killed it. She did. Yeah.
1: Okay, good. All right, I'm a bad judge of um <laughs> dancing and I don't watch any dancing, and so I had no clue like how to um what's that called? How to like think about that, but you just let me know what you thought about it, I guess.
0: Yeah, so I watched the entire episode and I used to watch it here and there like 10 years ago. Um and I forgot that that show actually really stresses me out because I want everyone to do well and it's really stressful like Especially for the people that are really bad, you're just like, "Why did you do this? Like this is so embarrassing. like don't make me worry about your well being right um so you kind of like as you go as you watch, you get a feel for who's good and who's not um, and by the time she went, I was like, that was really good. like she honestly was like very good uh yeah. she I feel like a lot of it is just that people are awkward. And they second guess themselves. So they move kind of like slowly. And like you like do not have time to second guess yourself. You have to just like give yourself over to the rhythm, so to speak. And I feel like she completely like went in and I was impressed, quite honestly.
1: Well, that's that's amazing. I mean, I'm glad from what I saw of that clip, I thought it was good dancing and um, did a uh, just a random question, but did Matt Walsh dance?
0: He got eliminated. He did the first yeah. night? Yeah, it was him and Mauricio on the bottom, too. And Matt Walsh took the bullet. He said, I don't want to do this? <laughs> uh, well, he got voted off.
1: Oh, okay, so so <laughs> Mauricio did really bad, and Matt Walsh did really bad. And then everybody voted yeah. and said, Matt Walsh has to go? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I thought Mauricio. Mauricio was definitely better than some of the other people. So I don't know why he doesn't have the support from the masses because he was like totally fine.
2: Oh, so um, it,
1: so the judges can only give you so much um, uh, validation. It's really up to the audience.
0: Yeah, it's some mix of the judges' scores and the votes. Like, there's some like uh, algorithm because um, Mauricio think- was fine.
1: Wow. Do you think that the voters didn't know that Matt Walsh was one of the founders of UCB?
0: I guess not. They don't take their sketch comedy very seriously.
1: So did he, was he pretty um, blatantly bad?
0: Yeah, he was terrible. Um, There were a handful of them that were just really bad, like Allison Hannigan from American Pie. Uh, Oh, yeah. Very bad. Uh, Bad week for American Pie.
1: Why? Because Tara Reed and Allison Hannigan (laughs) were having trouble on these different reality shows.
0: Yeah. uh, Allison Hannigan at least looked like she was having fun. She was just like very dorky, which she was leaning into, but I was like, all right, well, that can only get you so far. And then Tyson Beckford, uh, the model slash actor, was terrible. Whoa. Um, Who else? There were just a few that were just like really hard to watch. Um, uh, So Mauricio was. Totally, like, I would say in the better half, so I don't know why he was on the bottom.
1: Uh, Do you think there's some sort of um, credence that their celebrity gives them, right? Because Matt Walsh is probably the least popular in the same corollary with people who watch Dancing with the Stars. So maybe they're like, get this guy from Veep off. We barely know who the hell this guy
0: is. And he, like, almost didn't even do the show because of the strike, but I think – that deal came in just in time. So I feel like he probably didn't even promote it because he was like not even gonna do it. So yeah. Yeah. I think so, he was yeah. just a weird choice anyway.
1: Sorry to ask so many questions about Matt Walsh. Um was Ariana <laughs> by far the best dancer?
0: Um I'm trying to think. Uh actually Jason Mraz was really good.
1: <laughs> wow, Jason Mraz
0: is on it? <laughs> he was really good.
1: Wow, that's awesome! Wow,
0: he was one um, with the music.
1: Did he? Do you know what song? What song did uh did Ariana dance to?
0: It was like I love me, I love myself, don't need nobody anybody else. Okay,
1: you know that one? Wow, yeah, I didn't. that was, No, that was a beautiful uh, rendition of it, but I, I haven't heard that song. What did um What did Jason moraz dance to?
0: That's a good question. I think it was something like seventies. He was wearing like a um uh kind of like a disco-y outfit. Um, but yeah, he was really good. Um, there were so many. It's the first episode, so there were so many people that... Uh, I, yeah.
1: I really can't believe that Mauricio was on the chopping block on the very first episode. I mean, God I damn. Know, like,
0: let's get rid of Jamie Lynn Spears, the abuser of her sister. Get her booted.
1: Jamie Lynn Spears abused her sister?
0: She's like part of the family's evil plot.
1: Do you think, um, so, you, oh, so Jamie Lynn Spears was one of the people that didn't think Britney should be free?
0: That's right, because she wants to keep getting those checks, and maybe uh she stopped getting the checks, and that's why she had to be on Dancing with the Stars.
1: Do you think Britney is pretty free right now?
0: <laughs> She's running around her house with some knives, and I'm a little concerned.
1: Did you see that, like, then in the next clip, she had a big bandage on her arm?
0: Yeah, and she has three little, like, Maltese dogs that are like, the hell is going on in this damn house?
1: The cops checked in, I think, on her. I think I just read. Yeah, they did. There's been a lot of stuff uh, you've been talking about already that has been news items that I received this week. One was that Marilyn Monroe, Monroe, they did an AI uh, composite of what she would look like at the uh, age of 91.
0: How'd she look? <laughs> Good. Hot?
1: Yeah, still really, really hot. It's. I guess she would have been 91 uh, now, currently, if, if okay. things hadn't happened bad to her. Anyway, that just <laughs> reminded me of the news items. And you mentioned Jamie Lee Sp- Spears as well. Um, <laughs> do you think you'll continue Dancing with the Stars to follow Ariana's journey on that show?
0: Yeah, I think I'll... I mean, we'll see... I don't see why she wouldn't make it pretty far. I I would watch. I mean, I'll, like, record it maybe and just, like, skip through. Because I forgot that, again, I think. Because um, now that, um, again, I'm not complaining about our um, scholarly watching of the Housewives. But I need now content that's completely unrelated to anything. I mean, obviously Ariana is related, but... Um, like now when I watch like teen mom or like botched or, um, I don't know, like 90 day fiance or something like that. I feel like complete relaxation. Whereas when now when I watch Bravo, I'm like, Oh, I, I gotta, I I gotta mention that. Like, gotta think about this. You know what I mean? Like I need the like really dumb shit to have on the side for extreme relaxation viewing. And I feel like. Dancing with the Stars was giving me that. And then the ABC big big ABC conned me into wanting to watch The Golden Bachelor. Why? <laughs> it looks interesting.
1: <laughs> um
0: I don't even watch he- The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. I don't even like it. I don't think it's good. But I'm like, but old people
1: Yeah, I mean old people are amazing. Is he he's like seventy, <laughs> is that right?
0: I think so, something like that. And all the women are, like, hot. They, like, look amazing. But then I'm afraid that I'll be too heartbroken when they get eliminated because I can't, not to, like, infantilize um, our elders because, like, they've been through more than we have and can handle it. But I think I'll be, like, so upset if, like, a 75-year-old woman gets eliminated.
1: Yeah, and, like, they cry. (laughs)
0: Like, that would be so much sadder than the usual type of people.
1: Is it? I mean, I am interested in it, like, because of The Bachelor, like, when they all like get drunk in the house together and there's like 30 of them and they all have to have a minute with the bachelor, you know, or else he's going to eliminate one of them on that first night. That would be kind of interesting to yeah. see with people who are over 70. Cause you yeah. know what I mean? Cause young people are so much more like callous about getting that sit down with the bachelor. And I, yeah, yeah. so I don't know, but I, I'm not going to watch that show cause I don't even like the bachelor. Um, yeah, but, I I don't either, but
0: I'll let you know if I, tune in. I saw a clip, you know how it's become kind of a thing for people to do like a stunt when they get out of the limo like for attention. Oh. Um oh, I no know that very that well. Wore a full like spirit Halloween old lady outfit with like a walker.
1: No way.
0: And he's like, huh? And he goes, do you need help? And she goes, Psh, does it look like I need help? And she's like, hot.
1: <laughs> I was just going to say that would be the perfect opportunity for a Will- Willy Wonka-esque entrance don't don't, exactly just like what you just said they come out of the limo they're in a using a walker or a zimmer frame and they go does anybody uh, i need some help dearie and then when the golden bachelor comes up to them they go stop right there and they push their zimmer frame away and they do a somersault and say i'm actually younger than you think
0: yeah i would do a full like ambulance like stretcher
1: Like oh, do you mean like <laughs> so? So they you would arrive in a car, and it wouldn't be an ambulance, right? Or maybe a
0: coffin. That would be good. A hearse pulls. And I'd up. be like, I'm back, baby.
1: That would be so fun. Either of those is, I mean, for the next season or or a future <laughs> season, if someone wanted to do an ambulance with a stretcher or a hearse with a coffin. I don't know. I think uh, they might. I don't know. They might not like. They might not like seeing a hearse used <laughs> as a prop, you know, with a, with someone come out of a coffin.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I will keep you posted on that. Um, and then because uh, we are so diligent uh, to our listeners, we did listen, unfortunately, to the first episode of Everybody Loves Tom, the podcast.
1: Yeah. So while well, we both listened to it, how did you feel about it? <laughs>
0: It was just kind of, like, boring. Like, I was like, what is this for? Like, it just felt like, it's. it felt like he should have just, if he could, he would do what Ariana and everyone else does, where they go on, like, Sheena's podcast or Lala's podcast, like, an existing podcast. Like, there's truly no reason for him to have his entire own podcast.
2: No.
0: Um, He just, like, hasn't had an outlet to talk about his version of the experience. I mean, except Howie Mandel, which we know how that went right um so it just felt like he was doing what like ariana did on call her daddy or whatever um but now everything feels old and like i don't really care anymore and i'm like i don't really feel bad for him because i'm like yeah that was like in april like it's fucking october (laughs) like right it's just like old
1: yeah it was i was definitely shocked because i was thinking about who the like guests would be and it was very shocking that the first guest was kyle chan of all people it's like so next week is definitely billy lee
0: seriously and then
1: and then it's going to be jason and then you know eventually i guess i mean someone from the vanderpump rules cast is going to be brave enough to say i fully have forgiven i mean like it's gonna be like Schwartz or Brock or possibly sheena i mean i i yeah. still I still don't know fully if Sheena wants to admit that she's just back being friends with Sandoval, but she definitely is i mean mm-hmm. we we saw the they were in Vegas together for the what is that life is beautiful or whatever that that like music festival. They're in there, and Tom Sandoval's just running around with Sheena and Brock. He's taking in, uh, he's doing Instagram stories. He gets into a limo with both of them. Brock goes, here, mate, have a shot.
0: Oh, and wow. it's,
1: it's a, yeah, they're just like fully back as friends. And,
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, for the audience, we just don't know what happened on the show that for why he gets forgiven. So I don't know how he would have a guest of Vanderpump Rules that hasn't had that experience where they got to see what happened in season 11 for them to get to that place
0: right um yeah he just like uh i i didn't watch uh the podcast i just listened to it so was it the was the guy from his band like the curly haired guy that's like always with him or is it someone else
1: no it's that guy that you know it's the it's the drummer uh, who was with him on the Howie Mandel podcast? Okay. It's, he, I don't think he has curly hair, but I also can't okay. even I can't even recreate him in my mind right now. <laughs> but you would know him. He's his drummer. He's with him all the time. He's like his best you know friend. That was now. like his and,
0: connect to Howie Mandel, wasn't it?
1: Yes, and I can I mean I can just quickly for people who don't want to listen to the Tom Sandoval podcast, I can just say some of the big moments. Do you think that would be yeah. worth the the time? I think
0: this is probably the best service we've ever provided because no one needs to listen to it
1: yeah so yeah so it was it was very quick and breezy it, kyle chan was the guest to i think tom sandoval is rewarding kyle chan for like being having his back for the last six months through hell you know as as like one of his only two friends and he so he wanted to promote that gold bar whiskey collaboration i still don't really understand this is like no one will care about this except me so i'm sorry but kyle chan is a jewelry designer and that's what he's been known for and then he said on the podcast that he was he he went to gold bar whiskey which i guess is a brand of whiskey and he had he gave them such a good old fashioned uh cocktail (laughs) that he made that the guy from gold or whoever the the owner of gold bar whiskey said that's one of the best old fashions i've ever had in my life i want this man kyle chan who is known primarily for jewelry to do a collaboration with me to make a cocktail
0: sounds like something my mom would encourage me to do it's like uh why don't you just ask him Yes. Ask the CEO if you can be their yes. partner, and they'll love you as much as I do.
1: Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it's a story just like that. And then I, I'm still I'm still so stunned that Tom Sandoval got to be the connection for the Vanderpump Rules season eleven finale event. That for some reason everyone rallied behind Tom Sandoval's best friend Kyle Chan for this whiskey <laughs> tasting. It's just I don't know of I all know. the like finale events i just can't believe that it ended up happening but anyway he had him on jason is there as his like co-host and jason is there to like ask tom questions about how he's been doing for the last seven months Is that how long it's been six months
0: yeah Um, um didn't you think it was weird that like sandoval like the big like a big crux of the conversation is that he says he's been sober since april but then kyle chan was promoting booze and then was gonna make a cocktail on the podcast. And I was like, wait, didn't you just say that like, it's been such a life changing experience to be sober and it like saved you. And then your very first episode of your podcast is built around a whiskey cocktail.
1: <laughs> yes, it was not, it was, yeah, it was a um, ill-timed sponsor for sure. Um, <laughs> not, not, but he did. So in the video portion, which is, this is I in the video in the YouTube video, Kyle Chan makes his, old fashioned and he makes a mocktail version for Tom Sandoval. And they talk a little okay. bit about why Tom Sandoval is not going to be drinking the real one, obviously. But if you, if you don't lis- watch the video and you just listen to the podcast, you would think that Kyle Chan <laughs> is giving Tom Sandoval his first whiskey again after six months. Yeah. That's
0: what it sounded like. I was very confused. Like, cause Kyle Chan is even like, I don't know if we should be drinking and doing a podcast. Like that's kind of like tricky business. And Tom was like, no, like, that is what we should be doing. And I was like, wait, what?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's like, it's, he's talking about like the harms of alcohol and the, 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 you know, what it, what it caused him to feel during those times and how he used it. And then he's just immediately, but I guess that's just his testament to Kyle Chan. You know, he just loves Kyle Chan so much. He doesn't mind if Kyle Chan promotes whiskey on there. Um, So yeah, Tom Sandoval has been sober, he also quit smoking cigarettes, right? We heard, yeah. which
2: is that's a- That's huge.
1: Yeah, that's huge for him. I mean, he was smoking behind the scenes of like every single scene of Vanderpump Rules. If you look closely enough, he's just like, you know, yeah, a champion yeah. cigarette smoker. So he fully yeah. quit that. He, they talk about why uh, Tom Sandoval and the Most Extras decided to go on tour, you know, because a lot of people were like, Why the hell is he just going through life and pretending this didn't happen, and he's up on stage, and he's laughing, and he's singing songs, you know, and, like, he should be, um, you know, I I don't know, taking it time to reflect or whatever. So they talk about the decision behind that, which was that they already had the tour fully booked before Scandaval happened, and if they would have canceled the dates based on scandoval they would have been completely blacklisted as a band throughout the entire country which i understand yeah. that i mean it's true if you yeah. back out on all the venues when when you're already booked they said that their their booking agent would have fired them so i guess for for people who you know hate tom sandoval they don't care about the success of his band they're like you could have just backed out and not done it but for him and for his bandmates and whatever that's that's a reasonable decision to make, you know, I mean, I understand why he had to adhere to the tour and it made sense to me why, why they did it.
0: I forgot that he literally had a show that very first Friday night, like six hours after the TMZ. Uh, article dropped like that was so
1: crazy. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's it does it makes him seem a little less craven and like desperate for attention. If you imagine that this is just something that they could not. Oh, and he also said financially he couldn't give it up too because he lost all of his sponsors. He wasn't going to be on Winterhouse. So, you know, I, I was happy to know that fact because you can still. You know, have your opinion of Tom Sandoval, but it's good to know you know i I guess a little bit behind the scenes of what happened
0: yeah, that was um interesting when he was talking about the producers gave him a ultimatum about he had to film with Lisa and Sheena to be allowed to do Winterhouse, yeah like I thought it was interesting that those two things are like very much connected.
1: Yeah, like the you know. same Bravo executives or whatever can can influence your decision to work on one show and then hold the carrot of working on another show. So he, he admitted that he just continued filming for the opportunity to go on Winter House. And then he said that Winter House just said, hey, this is not – what did he say Winter House said? They were like, uh, I don't think this – there's no point in you going to Winter House anymore. So even though he did commit to the scenes, they just said don't be on Winter House. I, I I honestly can't understand that decision. Why? I mean, I know they want Winterhouse to be really fun and carefree and be like a vacation with a bunch of people. But do you think that they thought that Winterhouse would have such, like, hatred towards it that nobody would watch because he was so vilified at that point?
0: Right. I mean, they're – that's – because when does that come? Doesn't that come out like next week or something? Yeah, it's
1: like, you know, it's on October. I mean, I feel like it would have actually been, that would have been a tasty
0: treat for us.
1: Yeah, it would have been perfectly timed. I mean, it's I, the world cannot hold a grudge as long as we want to about Tom Sandoval. I mean, eventually in season 11, there are going to be things we're going to see and people are going to rally behind him. I already see people being very spirited towards him again. I mean it's like it's yeah. it went from ninety percent hatred to now I'd say seventy percent hatred. Well he um,
0: even said that Ariana um unpacked some boxes in his presence. Uh she did not make eye contact, but they shared a space for yes. about fifteen minutes, uh which I thought that was very funny that he was like proud and happy to have made that progress where she could just like <laughs> like rip open some Amazon boxes while he's in the room.
1: <laughs> yeah, he said, he said that the boxes were so high that they were covering her face and then she would open one <laughs> one by one until it got lower up into her face. So he saw who was behind the boxes. But yeah, it was, it, it was interesting that that's the bar for their relationship in the house. I mean, if, it, is, it is, I mean, in his defense, it is a little better that she would even be in the same room as him.
0: Yeah, he said that she said hello to Billy Lee. Right. Um so, I don't know. It's interesting. Well, I
1: Well, what, well, I mean, just just to get back to Winterhouse. <laughs> I I like I can't I don't understand. I guess they thought the hatred would last so long because and they didn't want it to like effect winter house but having a time capsule of when tom sandoval was the most hated man in the world and then he goes to the north north or whatever you know a vacation yeah. house with they would have been talking about it non-stop with him and you would have gotten like his unvarnished wreck of a you know a self on that yeah. show i like what a time capsule we could have witnessed and it would have been a, a time now where we would have wanted to see that we wouldn't have had so much hatred towards him i that was a really bad decision Totally. Um, Kyle Kyle Cook talking Tom
0: Sandoval through this whole thing, Schwartz there talking through it. Oh my god. Corey, he was complete. Yeah, like a total shell of a human being at that time.
1: Kyle Cook would have had to have been like, I cheated too, and Amanda forgave me. Like I mean, there's cheaters in that house. Schwartz is a oh, cheater. Yeah. Corey uh cheats probably on everybody he's ever been with. Like yeah. it would have been and they could they couldn't have it would have been interesting to see also how they like how the house aligned like there would have been people who absolutely hated him like the below deck people or whatever you you know like some people would have hated him some people would have been like we can't treat a human who's in our house like this like we have to offer him something so i don't know that was a dumb decision
0: for sure i'm curious how um how much they're going to make schwartz deal with the elephant in the room uh or if they can kind of just ignore it since it doesn't really affect him uh directly. schwartz
1: is so um Schwartz is so what ambivalent or so non-confrontational that he'll have no valuable things to say about this. You know, he won't he won't give yeah. any definitive answer about how he feels about this entire thing. I mean, it 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 already Winterhouse already kind of suffered for the lack of Southern charm people, and then now yeah. it also we missed this Tom Sandoval moment. It's kind of like a bummer.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see how interesting all find it because i don't have much i don't have a deep history with below deck um yeah but uh yeah so i'm trying to think what else happens on that uh scandoval sandoval pod. uh pod he at one yeah. point i mean he gets kind of dark like he says that he was i don't know in a very dark place he uh I don't know. He basically said he could imagine a world in which he would no longer be on this earth.
1: Yeah. Yes. He he said that he said that like he came back from one of his first shows, you know, he's still the most hated man in America. He hasn't slept. He hasn't, showered he was sleep deprived he was probably drinking a lot and then he said he like got home and ariana is filming a duracell <laughs> battery ad and like the his alarm is going off in the house is in it and his assistant which i'm sure this has the 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 shadow of tom's perspective on it you know this this yeah. is this is cloudy with his memory for sure but you could sort of get into the mindset that he's that he's talking about where he just felt miserable, the world hates him, then Ariana is getting this like campaign which is using him, and she's being, you know, glorified right now, and then he comes home and he says that he got in such a dark place that he really considered ending his life, and Billy Lee came over and she took him to a comedy show. <laughs> Anthony Jezelnik. I'm just kidding. It wasn't <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was, but she took him to a comedy show. And then Kyle Chan asked, "Was it?" A, or Jason said, was it a funny comedy show? And Tom, said, Tom Sandoval said, yeah, it was okay.
0: Imagine being like, literally suicidal. And someone's like, do you want to go to, like, the improv?
1: Right, Hollywood improv. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that wouldn't be my go-to to try to get my spirits up.
0: I mean, honestly, not to give them credence, because I do think they're a little bit, like, uh, bottom feeders. But I was kind of like... Thank God that these people are willing to hang out with him because
2: if he didn't at
0: least have these people, he'd be like truly fucked. And like, again, like, whatever, whatever, I don't support his behavior. Like, I know everyone, like, hates him. But for a while there, it really was like, we will not be done until they're both dead. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it was so dark.
1: You're right. Yeah, You're right. And no one... In the world, I mean, I'm sure some people will, but no one in the world thinks that Tom Sandoval should have even been, I would say, contemplating ending his life uh, over this thing, over a, che- a cheating. I mean, I don't care that it's with a best friend. I don't care that you know it was during – when Ariana was away for a funeral. I mean all the horrible, horrible details of this scandal, not one of them warrants someone <clears throat> contemplating ending their life, not even close. Yeah. So I that – and I guess people will say I don't believe him. Like you would say that, but that's, that's, you have to believe someone when they say that, like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, I think it's horrible unless people think he's just trying to get sympathy, but I don't know. I believe the place that he was in and the things he said, it sounds like that was probably the case for him.
0: He really um, made it clear that he did not shower for an extended period of time. So anyone that encountered, encountered him at that time would be reporting back that he smells like shit.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, and so you can sort of pinpoint where those rumors started that he said <laughs> cuz he said it and if you watch that era of like the TMZ photos and the scandal uh like the season finale he was wearing that full black outfit for like 2 or 3
0: weeks. Why did he you feel think He said that on purpose because he knew that there were the rumors and so he tried to tie it in with like he was like I was in a really dark place. I didn't shower for a week. He was like You may have heard that I didn't smell good. Um, I was in a really dark place.
1: (laughs) I do think there was something unsaid about the reason he brought that up. It was sort of like, if you heard anything about me stinking in that era, you can pin it to this, but he didn't want to bring it up specifically. But why did he, I, I didn't actually understand why he couldn't shower.
0: I guess because it was just sad. Like he couldn't like get the energy.
1: He was wallowing in filth.
0: I guess so. He was like, I'm a piece of shit. I should smell like one. Um, Yeah.
1: So, yeah, it was interesting to get like some, I guess, to know exactly why he did stink during that period. And then there was a little (laughs) bit of Rachel Levis update, which I'll just go through very quickly. So he says that this was love, you know, on his end between him and Rachel Levis. He says that he is very sad to learn that Rachel Levis does not consider what they had to be love. He says, if you didn't love me and we didn't love each other, then it makes this seven-month affair that we, you know, had together seem even worse in his mind. Because it's like, if you didn't do it for love, what the hell do we do it for? So he's saying... In his in his mind, he thought of this as love. And then he said that during this time, in the wake of Scandaval, him and Rachel really like, um you know, he leaned on her for emotional support because she's the only other person in the world who was going through this with him. Once she left, his communication with her was so limited because you can only call twice a day from the facility. And for a while, she was she was talking to him twice a day and he would like look forward to those yeah. calls. And then I think as her treatment evolved and as she started to probably think about the, you know, the ramifications of everything and what he put her through and all this stuff and all, probably all the therapy that she went through, the calls start getting less and less frequent. So he's on the road. He's touring. I, I don't know if this is like the end of his drinking, but he's still going through it with the world, you know, still being yeah. paparazzi is happening. And then and then Rachel is um, – you know, relying on him less and less because she's getting the treatment that she needs. And maybe she's realizing that this wasn't love on her end. Um, And then he said that he hasn't talked to her since June. Yeah. So I thought Um, that was interesting.
0: Yeah. And he did bring up that um, the filming that they did together um, in her apartment or whatever, which I was kind of like, Ooh, you're going to talk about that? Because when she talked about that, she basically said that they cut out the fact that she mentioned the unauthorized uh, sex recording. So it was interesting. I feel like he also tried to get some version in for himself, like of that situation. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: That did seem like he was skirting around a very sensitive uh, topic, but it was, I thought notable that he thought that scene came off really badly as well. Yeah. Cause it did. I remember that was the most awkward scene I had ever seen in my life up to that point, like seeing okay. them, They were so uncomfortable around each other. Like, yeah. So yeah, that was, that was interesting. So I don't know how many more, like, I don't know how this podcast can be sustained because how many more details is he going to be able to share from the last six months or seven months and keep people engaged and only bring on Billy Lee and people who are comfortable being on a, you know, still controversial figures podcast. I, I, Right, You know what I mean? I, I don't know how long this this can last. And also with his attention span, I, I don't know if this is like going to be a long-running podcast.
0: And didn't Rachel also say she's going to have a podcast? So it's like, just everyone, uh, every single person on Vanderpump Rules will have a podcast?
1: <laughs> yeah, just not James.
0: Which and... I bet he will.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Wait, you're right. I mean, Schwartz will never have a podcast, which... You know, props to him for making that decision, and I think that he would never do that. James, as of now, doesn't have one, and then that's wait, everyone else does, right?
0: Yeah, like Austin, James, Yeah. Kristen.
1: Kristen,
0: yeah, damn, <laughs> wow, yeah. I mean, it is. We'll just that let is let anybody have a fucking podcast these days.
1: I know. <laughs> Um, okay, well, did we get? I mean, we we did what we said we wouldn't do, which is talk a full hour of news.
0: <laughs> I knew we couldn't be stopped. I knew it.
1: Yeah. Um, um, do you want to? I don't know. I don't know how to take a break on this Riverside thing. <laughs> I think if I click stop, we can pick up recording again. Do you need a little Turtle Time certified piss, and we can test it?
0: Um. Sure.
1: Okay, so I'm going to click stop, and I'm <laughs> going to hope that it lets us just pick back up. Also, I wanted to say that this podcast has been powered by Riverside FM. Powered by Riverside FM. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's, I'm going to stop, and then I'm sure we can start again. You, you have faith that I, if I click stop, it'll let us start again, right?
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to use this as a certified lozenge break.
1: Okay, that sounds good. All right, let's pause, and we will come right back.
0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
1: And we are back from pissing. Great. Did you, you did a lozenge?
0: I did a lozenge. I spit part of it out so that uh, people didn't have to hear me sucking on it. But I also prepared myself some throat coat tea. Um, in my, uh, Romy and Michelle, I invented post-its mug that a old coworker got me like 10 years ago. Oh, that's fun. (laughs) Um, so hopefully the tea will help me. Um, I, I definitely am better than I was earlier. I could not have done this, um, three hours ago.
1: Okay, good. All right. Well, thank you for doing it. I I appreciate <laughs> it. And I'm sure our little turtle cuties listening will appreciate it.
0: I couldn't stand the thought of no episode going up tomorrow. People depend on us.
1: I know. Yeah, that would have been very sad. Okay, well, do you want to talk about Southern Charm? Yeah. <laughs> so this this episode is a week old but like we told our little turtle cuties get on our schedule with us why don't you take a break you know take a break watch southern charm at a leisurely pace you know give it a couple days of thought and so we are going to be talking about contrary to you thinking that we would be talking about the episode that aired last night no (laughs) no no we're talking about an episode that aired seven days ago But everyone should be doing the little turtle cutie challenge, which is watch Southern Charm four or five days late. So this sounds uh, uh, topical, right?
0: Exactly. I know uh, this morning when I was like dying, I was like, maybe I won't feel better until the nighttime. And maybe we can just record the podcast at like 8 p.m. and we can include Southern Charm. (laughs) Because (laughs) it's going to take me so long to get my shit together. But no 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 we're gonna babadoo uh from last week and i will say uh just up top that jt is a funny g- little guy
1: he really is he is so i'm glad you started right with jt um i i really liked him i mean i you know who knows what this this guy will do throughout the run of the season the he could he could be one of the worst people we've ever known in our lives he could have committed some egregious acts in his past that we don't know about. But for right now, I thought he, he, came out he came out very strong and, and felt very, um, a part of the group in a natural way, which is, which is hard to do.
0: Yeah. He had, um, I don't remember if we already said this to each other, but Shane vibes, not just cause he's petite, but like his sense of humor is kind of cheeky. Oh,
1: oh Shane, Shane from the OC. Yeah. He does have a little bit of that Shane. <laughs> I, I sort of I thought of him. He's he's also like a little bit of like a he has a little bit of a Shep vibe to him, too. But mm-hmm. Shep mixed with someone else, maybe Shane. It was almost yeah. like we a little a new version of Shep, one that's less. Shep is very has been sort of brought down by life, it seems this season, you know, and he's like. He's reconciling or recovering from the Taylor thing. But JT yeah. had a lot of energy and he seems like he can be a little bit of a stinker sometimes.
0: Totally. I mean, this episode is called Spilling the JT. Yes. So they put all their eggs in the JT basket.
1: Yeah. And not to just say JT and not and skirt over the other two cast members, but I also thought Rod came out strong as hell. He was yeah. funny, kind of fun, sweet. And that that date with Olivia, that was, like, his main scene. He just got one scene where he's introduced, you know, taking Olivia on a date. I actually felt like that was kind of romantic. Sometimes, like, yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, sometimes a date can be very awkward if they don't have any chemistry. I mean, obviously, like, sometimes even Austin and Olivia scenes from, like, last season or whatever, I'm like, you guys don't really have much chemistry at all. What is going on here? But there was, like, some blushing and a kiss that felt kind of natural,
0: the kiss um i like generally like kisses make my skin crawl like i mm-hmm. was like screaming i was like Ugh, like i don't want to see it like because it, it was kind of awkward like it happened in slow motion and then it was that like first kiss thing of like was that okay like do you yeah. like are you down like Ugh, and i was just like i can't handle it but um he seems like a nice guy uh i also like that he's willing to take the you know bold stance of dating his friends quote x well
1: well are they friends because i didn't see they didn't explain why rod how they didn't explain rod's connection to the group if i remember correctly they they just Uh, he just he just came with olivia on a date and i didn't hear how he was connected to like the boys of the group well i I think he he tells
0: him next week
1: okay Um,
0: um And then they also, there's a, another guy, Rodrigo, that was like, all of a sudden we have two rods. Yeah. So,
1: and then, and I thought I, Rodrigo was actually kind of funny. Then the, the little moments he had on screen, I felt like he wasn't awkward. He is a natural friend of Austin's. So I think that, I think Bravo, tell me if I'm wrong but I believe Shep, Austin, and Craig got like carte blanche to cast who they actually wanted because they're like, we have open spots. Like the casting is shifting in Southern Charm. Who do you guys know in your life that you actually think might be good on the show? Because the show now is centered around you three and your exes. That's, right. you know, like we talked about last week, that is what Southern Charm is. So I feel like Austin got Rodrigo in, um, Shep and, uh, or sorry, Craig and Shep. And Austin might have said JT would be a good fit, and then uh, Rod. I don't know how he came into the group, but I feel like they thought that he might have been a good cast member as well. Because yeah. they, they are friends of them.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, it definitely felt natural. But I also feel like Bravo was probably like, yes, please, thank God, like, can you guys please hang out with like, like a gay man, so that America thinks that you guys aren't um, scary bad men. Like,
1: like yeah i guess so um yeah yeah i guess there could have been that decision made as well um I liked, I mean, yeah, it it felt like JT's timeline was a little ambiguous or, or didn't, I wasn't exactly sure how well JT knew them because, uh, Craig said two, like two years that they had known him. And then JT said, I've known these guys for a really long time. And I was like, which is it? Was it two years ago? Cause I guess he moved to Charleston in the pandemic. And he said that he would see the guys out at the bars, like, you know, like, He'd be like, if you or I (laughs) went to Charleston and we lived there and we just saw the cast members hanging out and he was like, I want to chug beers with those guys. So it seemed like he just said, can I be your friend?
0: Yeah. Did you see in our, I think it was in our DMs, uh, I don't remember if it was a patron or uh, just a regular old turtle cutie, but anyways, one of our listeners went to Charleston and she went to the Craig's pillow store and she had an encounter, a sighting of Madison and her husband. And I was like, wow, that's pure gold. Like, if we ever do go to Charleston, we must have a sighting.
1: Yes, I want to. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think next season when they're filming, you and I and whoever we want to bring, we go to Charleston for one week and we just hit all the spots. Republic, Ink Lounge, Deck Energy, or whatever the hell that one place was called. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right? We just go okay. to all the spots.
0: Yeah. Um okay, wait, can we talk about, um, I feel like, um, Taylor is, uh, seeking, uh, sympathy for having quit her orthodontal assistant job. Um, like she's like, thanks a lot, Shep. And I was like, girl, like no one thought that was a good idea.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, I, what? Yeah. I, I, um, yeah, I didn't want to be too mean uh, to her, but I—I I, because you said it, I'll just say what I really felt, which is that, yeah, I, I don't really understand blaming Shep for that. I mean, you are in control of yourself and your life, and everyone said that was a bad idea. Austin, specifically, I remember telling her that was a bad idea and told Shep that was a bad idea. I mean, that's not really his fault. I guess she just fully thought that she was going to be his wife and be his family member so she quit but i don't know i mean that was her decision and then also <laughs> she said the new job she got is from shep it was shep's friend who needed mm-hmm. uh, an alcohol spokesperson or whatever so i i don't know i mean i i didn't really i don't blame shep too much for that
0: yeah i mean it was like obviously completely selfish and tone deaf for him to ask her to do that but like That, yeah, the fact that she actually did it is... Yeah, and, and, and,
1: and, you know, a part of her had to know that this was an outcome of dating Shep. I mean, she was warned about it all the time. They fought a lot. He called her an idiot multiple (laughs) times. At the egg toss. At the egg toss, he called her a goddamn idiot or whatever. Like, you know, (laughs) everyone warned you about Shep. You were basically there to, like, reform him. And, like, you were this, the, I don't know, the girlfriend who potentially could change him but but everyone knew for the most part that Shep could always go back to his old ways so yeah I didn't have a lot of sympathy for that um she did have a very very sort of cringeworthy um presentation at Republic to
0: should fire her whatever that brand is I would be like get this girl out of here
1: Date, do you think, How? (laughs) because it was very bad, I mean, the amount of ums and likes and like the lackluster presentation, it was a sight to behold. I I almost was like, it didn't seem so edited to where I was like, "Eh, the editors are just having fun with her. It actually seemed like it was maybe that much of a flop.
0: Yeah, it seemed really bad. Like Leva was like yikes, like you're lucky that I like you that I'll even entertain this cuz it was pretty bad.
1: Yeah, and then so. and then Leva has to sort of say, well, uh, "Maybe we should go over here and like drink these and then maybe have a talk or whatever, you know?" <laughs> like the obviously the a natural way to promote this would have been to offer them all to drink it and have a little bit of fun. <laughs> right. So, and then and yeah. then Leva gets into Taylor's sort of outburst at Craig. And Taylor immediately admits that this is just some bullshit rumor that she hears that anybody hears about anyone. Like, you know, there's probably a rumor about every single cast member on Southern Charm. So she just repeated some unfounded rumor and immediately backs down and admits that what Craig said was right. That she's not truly mad at Craig. She's mad at Shep, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. So then all the boys go golfing. This is our first, like, big JT moment. Yeah. Um, Austin sort of chides him and says, What's with these, those Legend of Bagger Vance clubs? And I was like, What does he mean by that? Like, and then it turned out to be that they were old, like as if they were from the era of that film. And I was like, I haven't thought about that movie in a really long time.
1: No, they were Legend of Bagger Vance edition and they had Will Smith's signature on them.
0: And Shia LaBeouf.
1: And Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. who who else is in Legend of Bagger Vance? Will Smith?
0: Yeah, who's the like who's the female interest? I was need he, to look it up. He,
1: he was a ghost, right?
0: I don't know if I've actually seen it.
1: I think Will Smith is a ghost that golfers see sort of in the trees when they're doing their putts. And he gives you advice because he's like a legendary golfer at a golf course. It's sort of like a shitty Field of Dreams, like a golf okay. version of Field of Dreams. But I yeah. Came
0: I, two
1: is it Will Smith and... <laughs> It's Will Smith, right? I uh, have to be right about Matt that one.
0: Matt Damon and Charlize Theron. Sorry, Shia LaBeouf is not in that movie. Did he do a different movie where he plays a caddy?
1: <laughs> um, let me think about that. He Shia LaBeouf, a caddy. No, he was in Holes. And <laughs> but stick. yeah. So anyway, I I don't know, but yeah, that was a kind of a strange reference, uh, for sure. And it was also Austin immediately starts needling him, like Craig says, which is like, that is sort of the Southern Charm boy's way, like to immediately start, yeah, like you said, chiding a new member. But Austin really sort of has it out for JT instantly. And what I keep thinking about is that at some point in the season, JT does like a full-blown headbutt on Austin. Do you remember that scene? Oh. Yeah, so at some point in the season, JT and Austin are going to get into it physically, and JT is going... I'm almost positive JT headbutts the shit out of Austin, or at least starts to headbutt him in a fight.
0: Well, can't wait for that. Yeah. Um, I also liked that um, JT wasn't fucking around on the golf course. He just had an entire bottle of rosé in hand.
1: Yes. Yeah, he was ready to party, and it was a great introduction. JT so jt has two things he wants to let the world and the southern charm cast know it's that taylor is amazing and there's (laughs) never been a better person in the world than taylor like he's he's seen every person in the world basically and he says that taylor is the best that shep will ever do so he says that first to austin and craig and then he also says what the hell is going on with austin and taylor's relationship does shep get bothered by this whole thing so first he brings it up to the golf course and then when they go drinking again yeah. later in the episode he brings up the same two points over again
0: yeah he he said that um he had a bunch of people out to london and paris for the world cup um and taylor i guess that was part of her trip that she talked about um and he said that she hooked up with one of his friends while she was there. Right. Um, so that was interesting. Um, and then, um, yeah, then it goes straight into the uh, the Rod and Olivia date. Um, and uh, what did you think about the fact that he had to bring his own bread to the restaurant to have them make a gluten free sandwich for her?
1: So I think that... I'm so glad you asked. I think that it was obviously overly performative because he knows this is going to be his first time on camera. You know, like I can't help but think about that fact that obviously if he wants to portray himself as like chivalrous or a gentleman, that's not a hard thing for you to do. She's gluten free. You go get bread for her so they can make her a sandwich. But I do think from what I saw of him, which is only like five minutes or six minutes, does seem like he might be a, a very good guy and actually has that like chivalrous spirit so i think he went above and beyond partially obviously you know for his first scene on camera or potentially his first scene but also it just seemed it did seem possibly indicative of his personality i mean i liked him i thought he was funny that he was sweet i i i think he genuinely likes olivia it seemed like it right
0: yeah yeah (laughs) i thought it was funny when he was like he was like, oh, my God, you're blushing. And he goes, I'm here for it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You're blushing. I like too. I'm here for it. <laughs> I like it, like
1: too. And he was actually, he, he made two good jokes. He said the parasite joke, which I don't know if oh, he yeah. goes, he goes, that's what happens when you have a parasite or he started to say parasite about uh, Olivia.
0: living with her parents. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So he's good. Yeah. So that was that was fun. And I'm excited to see him with the boys, you know, next episode and see how he, he gets along with them.
0: For sure. Um, we get a little peek into uh, Patricia and Whitney's house. Um, there's a new butler in town, which makes me sad because I love Michael, and I yes. hope he's doing okay. I I feel like I've brought it up at some point, but I've gone into many rabbit holes that lead me to Michael's Instagram, and I hope he's doing okay.
1: <laughs> Does he seem like he is?
0: Well, I believe he's in a wheelchair forever now because uh, okay. he had a stroke. That's why he's not her butler anymore. Um, but he seems in good spirits. I just, uh, I I worry, I worry for him because I really loved him a lot. Um, and I love that Whitney came out for, you know, happy hour with his mom. And she's like, sit up straight and put, get your feet down. And he's like, literally like a 50 year old man. <laughs> he's just like, yeah having martinis with his mom she's like bossing him around is he 50 he might be
1: damn all right well yeah that was fun and it's then the, like the, i I, and I was i'm I'm trying not to um you know cast judgment on this <laughs> new butler because i liked michael so much you know
0: he's but I, 55
1: 55 i mean he looks good <laughs> right he
0: looks something
1: you don't think you look good?
0: <laughs> he just kind of looks like a vampire.
1: I'm trying not to hate on Whitney so much because I feel like I'm so hard on him, and he did nothing in that scene that made me like shiver to my core like he normally yeah. does. So I was actually okay with that scene. It was actually kind of fun. I, the new Butler was, you know, I'm trying to. I obviously I, he can never compare to Michael, but he was okay. He was a little yeah. less chatty. It seemed and. Michael, like, I couldn't get a sense of his personality, but he definitely had butler energy. And uh, I thought when he presented those martinis, that Patricia would possibly comment on if they were even in the same realm as Michael's famous martinis. But she, it seemed like she purposefully didn't comment on how good they were.
0: Yeah, um, they did look good. Um, I like that he had BBE, big butler energy. Yes. Um <laughs> Did you like when Whitney quoted the Keebler elves?
1: I did, actually. I, I gotta give it to Whitney. I... I he's one of the biggest stinkers i've ever seen in the bravo universe but that was funny to quote the Keebler elves and i love when when patricia said i was expecting something from who'd she say stravinsky
0: <laughs> or like yeah like some deep <laughs> uh author pole." she was like
1: i was expecting something much more esoteric or whatever i mean one of the huge draws for me of southern charm in the early seasons was how many literary references there were like the the glass menagerie and, and Thomas <laughs> quoting Shakespeare and Shep talking about whatever the hell, Tennessee Williams and stuff. So I, any, it was
0: such like, like Southern, like, um, like, like, Drawing room uh, yes. after dinner drinks to talk about the finer things yeah. uh, that yes. culture has to bring.
1: Yeah, I do. <laughs> so, so I did like the glimpse of what Southern charm used to be because it has strayed far from that now. It is it is not For like sure. that anymore.
0: Yeah, um, and then I did appreciate the detail that Patricia says that um, that her father didn't get married until he was in his sixties which is kind of crazy.
1: Yeah. And she says that Whitney is like on that path. Yeah. Um, There was a, there was a kind of, I would say there was some Madison stuff um, strewn throughout. I guess Madison is now like the fourth, like the fourth most, uh, what's that called? Like most prominent cast member now, which is a huge,
2: uh,
1: that's a huge uh, leap in her trajectory on the show. I mean, she went from, being with Austin, I, I barely think she was on the eighth season, and then now she's like one of the main cast members. Um, I thought it was interesting that she threw away Taylor's uh, dildo. She definitely didn't have yeah. to do that on camera, but it seemed very pointed that she was like, "Let's throw this thing in the trash."
0: Yeah, that's a waste. Uh, yeah. Give it to someone in need.
1: Yeah, that would um, be and then there was like a, there was a Vanita scene. Um, you know, Venita is like the least organic cast member on the show. I mean, it's, it's what are basically.
0: What you going to do with her?
1: I, I I don't know, but it's like, she's on a spinoff. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like she has her own show where they're just filming her at her house and she barely gets to interact with anyone. I mean, when she was she's at the like party
2: last week.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, we're just like getting glimpses of her home life with barely intera- any interaction with the other cast members. And then Madison comes over to like, do her a favor. It seemed very, inauthentic to go to like help her redo her full garden because madison (laughs) won best garden of the month twice
0: like manual labor i was also disappointed because at first i thought that they were going to introduce us to vanita having oh my curtains there's a ghost (laughs) (laughs) that little ghost just came in (laughs) um i thought that they were going to introduce us to vanita having a cat but then her dog chased the cat away and it turned out it was just like a random neighborhood cat and i was like points docked I thought I was gonna at least be vibing with her being a cat lady but apparently not
1: yeah and then and then Vanita sort of has a I would say tacked on uh, like reason to keep her storyline going which is that she wants to host like a girl's brunch to get Taylor back on her feet it sounded very rehearsed very very coordinated way for Vanita to have a part in the story Which, so far this season... I I don't know. I mean, so far, in the entire Vanita's run on the show, she really hasn't felt organic to the cast at all.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Um, She's like Rapunzel in a tower, just like totally separate. Um, And then um, the boys are on a bar crawl, and I... I have a question. If you drive a golf cart instead of a car, are you allowed to drink and drive?
1: <laughs> Good question. I, I looked it up and yes, you're allowed to be drunk as hell on a golf cart. And That
0: seems like it, a bad idea, but okay.
1: It's a loophole that not a lot of people use. But yeah, I looked it up in Charleston and in other cities. If it's a golf cart and not a car, you're allowed to drive drunk as hell on the street. You just have to beep uh, frequently if you're drunk while driving a golf cart.
0: That's what uh Shannon Bedore needs. I think people do do that down there. I don't know about the drinking part, but I feel like Orange County is a place where it's popular to drive golf carts.
1: Yeah, so this to me was, uh, I mean, this was the most entertaining part of the episode. It was like a 20 minute real time bar crawl <laughs> with the boys. And we got to see them go to three different bars in a row on that golf cart. I mean, it was yeah. it was really fun and the conversations that happened between them uh, did feel, uh, I don't know, like like actual conversations they'd be having. Like they got into conversations about their exes. JT brought up his feelings about Taylor. Like, And it was just cool to like watch them progress throughout the day and then land yeah. at that uh, sunset, the rooftop watching the sunset together. It was kind of oh, fun. Yeah.
0: It's funny that like, so I wonder if Shep is aware that his, um I don't know, uh, joie de vivre for being um, a bachelor is like our appetite for that. At least mine is waning because when he was like, uh, they were like, oh, did you use the apps while you're in Australia? And he was like bragging about how he like met twins and that he had organic success with ladies that he didn't need the apps. And I was just like. This isn't like charming anymore. Like he's like, I had a little uh, organic success, and I was just like, gross. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not as fun anymore.
1: uh, Yeah, I mean, I just I think that they, I think Austin and Shep, um, are going to live the Whitney life and the t rav life but they just are not going to admit it to the audience so that we still care about the relationships they have but like i really imagine that like austin is not going to settle down until he's 50 years old like i you know they just they are the type of guys who want to well i mean i'm you know whatever I, i could be totally wrong but i just think that shep is a person who like now does not believe in marriage maybe he'll change when he's 55 or 60 and i think austin doesn't want to admit it to himself but i think he's enjoying this time where he's a local celebrity and also a you yeah. know a, a huge a bravo celebrity but he's also like they must be the most famous people by far i mean it's like bill murray danny mcbride and then the southern charm cast i mean they're like probably heroes in their town it's not like los angeles where you see Tom Sandoval, but then you also see everybody else who lives here. Like they are heroes. And so I bet that's a lifestyle that's very hard to just pack up, especially if you just want to like date people all the time.
0: Yeah, for sure. I loved, uh, like it's later at the end at the, uh, rooftop, but Shep is talking about how much marriage has changed. And he says the most like rudimentary observations about that, like, you know, marriage isn't like it used to be like, no one really wants to get married or like, he's like, women want to work. And I was just like, yeah, that was true. Like 30 years ago. Like, what are you talking
2: about? I
1: have no idea what he was talking about. I feel like he, he was trying to be evolved or whatever, like his new perspective on life. And he just said something so dumb, like, like regressive 30 years too late or whatever. I don't know what he was talking about, but he, he was just, he's just saying He's just telling us and his friends that, like, he's probably not going to ever, you know, get married until way later. And I think Taylor was his one chance. And he knows now what he just, the havoc he wreaked in her life that he's not going to do that to someone else, you know, knowing how he is. Um,
0: Yeah, it does feel like, you know, sometimes you're like, who's going to be the woman to break the curse, like, for... Um, George Clooney, it was Amal. Um, and you're like, wow, like he just needed like the smartest woman on earth who's also a model, like that would change his life around. But it's mm-hmm. like then you think of someone like Leonardo DiCaprio and you're like, Yeah, that woman like does not exist. Like he's not trying to find an Amal.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think I think Leonardo DiCaprio's on the like Jack Nicholson plan. Where you just <laughs> Did you, you, like, you saw those photos when Jack Nicholson was, like, 75, and he's just, like, on a yacht with, like...
0: Like, eating ten... a sandwich in the, like, Adriatic Sea.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's in an inner <laughs> like tube, and there, and there are just 10 women surrounding him. Like, I I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio wants that exact lifestyle. And maybe...
0: Totally, I'm like, sure, fine, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so the, the bar crawl, this is when JT starts to really shine. his. Um, he doesn't care <laughs> about talking about the elephant in the room, which is a great uh, trait to have in a new cast member. He specifically, once Shep arrives on their bar crawl, he says, "Shep, how'd you let Taylor g- get get away from you? You got to marry her immediately. She's one of the best people in the world. I love Taylor." <laughs> Basically, saying that, yes. and I, I we see scenes where I think he starts to try to date Taylor. So it's like he is interested, like Craig says. JT is specifically yeah, interested in Taylor.
0: Chef yeah. is like, there's plenty of fish in the sea, man. Like, let it go. Like, it's over. And then he's like, yeah, but um, do you care that she hangs out with Austin all the time? And he's like, no, because he basically, he says more than once that he considers Austin a life raft yes. to her so that he at least has contact or, like, he can keep tabs on her. Um, But I think Austin is keeping too good of tabs uh and then um this next part where JT calls out that quote uh Austin and Taylor had a sleepover it was Austin's uh defense or lack thereof was very much giving Sandoval she dipped out
1: it it really was he you got to watch someone lie in real time and he got all very particular about the details Like, no, 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 we were drinking, a bunch of people, then I went to my room, then she just happened to be the one person who stayed, and she showed up in my room and goes, hey, so what are we doing today? And he was like, whoa, you slept over? It was a very belabored excuse for why this happened.
0: Yeah, like I'm like, do you live in a 15-bedroom mansion? Like, I'm pretty sure you can tell when someone's in your house.
1: Right, so (laughs) does any part of you think that possibly Craig uh Sorry. Are, oh, that's all right. Do you, that. That Craig possibly already knows this. This happened. Do you think any of them knew this happened? That there was. Pro- it's more than likely that this happened, and they're sort of letting the drama unfold as if, like, so that Austin can get caught in real time. Or did you feel like it felt natural?
0: <clears throat> that's a good question. I feel like maybe Craig had a twinkle in his eye that he knew something because then he was like, "So, have you guys ever kissed?" Like, he took it to the next level. Um, yeah. I imagine it seemed like Shep really didn't know. Yes. Um, and then Craig, of course, took like the dorkiest road of bringing a uh, spy movies into it and was like, when Austin said that they didn't kiss, he looked down into the left. Um, that's a classic giveaway, which was like, kind of like Schwartz vibes, honestly.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I like that though, because Austin did exactly that. I mean, he really did. Yeah.
0: No, he was absolutely lying. Um, And then Shep is like, all right, I actually like don't even want to know. Like, can we just stop talking about this? I truly don't even care to know about this.
1: Yeah, because at this point, JT is saying what a wonderful person he lost in his life. And then JT is talking about how Austin is potentially sleeping with her. And he's like, I don't want to know anymore. I really don't want to talk about my exes anymore. And then JT doesn't let it go (laughs) He's like Austin. Swear on the Bible that you've done nothing with Taylor. Like it was, it was kind of awesome. I was, he was, he was very um, brave and confident that, like, to do that. I think in his first scene, it really, you know, it showed a lot yeah. of promise. He
0: felt like he wanted a gold star from the producers. Like he was yes. like, put me in coach. Like I'm ready to do it. And like it happens at. Uh, yeah, the big deck energy uh place and then the rooftop place like that conversation like comes up at all three places. um and uh Austin reveals this isn't necessarily uh, a necessary detail, but Austin said that he has he had sex six days ago right um and uh when uh Craig and Madison were on watch what happens live after this episode, and Craig said that Austin gets laid the most.
1: Yep. So he's he's really he said, using
0: his time.
1: Yeah, he said currently Austin is in his sex era and having sex regularly.
0: Yeah, so, did you also like, oh, sorry.
1: Oh, no, 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 uh, you go ahead, you go ahead.
0: On um, Watch What Happens Live, uh, Madison's husband was in the audience and um, they asked him who of the men on the show he likes the least. And he basically like, they kind of like, didn't make him answer, like he was not gonna say anyone because he was nice. And yeah. then like when the camera panned away, he was like, um, Shep.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was like, fuck mm, it,
0: okay, I don't like Shep.
1: <laughs> that was interesting for him not to like Shep. I mean, he could have easily said Austin because Madison hates Austin so much, but he went with Shep.
0: Yeah, he said that Austin's a nice guy. So that's wow. interesting. Um I did love the story about um uh JT reveals that he was once married and Mm -hmm. divorced and that it was a little bit of a green card situation. Um, but that now his ex lives, uh, with a ski instructor in the Alps. And I was like, that's amazing. Like what a great story. Tell me more. (laughs) Yeah, that
1: was, yeah, that was great. He's got a backstory that we want to delve into further. Um, so yeah, I mean this, this was a very good episode. I mean, I, I like that the scandal is much less of a big deal than Scandaval, but still we get to watch it in real time from the very start. I like that it's already a part of, it's not going to be, you know, prolonged and they're going to be keep teasing it. It's like, it's already out there right now. It's like all they're talking about. So I think it'll be nice because with with Scandaval, we had to wait for the entire time and then only the finale really dealt with it. So it's nice to have like a real time scandal happen during the actual filming.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's interesting because Shep like, you can tell that this hurts him, but at the same time, he possibly like doesn't care that much.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think Craig at the end, the final scene as the sun is setting behind them beautifully, he gets Shep to admit that he would find it pretty fucked up and that he thinks there's probably a 50% chance that they did it because they knew they could get away with it and he would be hurt by it, which is a, is a big admission for him to say because he's been pretty... Uh, what nonchalant about what Taylor means to him, but I'm glad yeah. to know that it will potentially affect him if Austin did that.
0: I also like all the semantics of like, um Austin is like, they're like, so if you did have sex with her, but it was only once, would you tell me and he's like, well, I don't think that would be worth telling you not it didn't happen. But I if it did, I wouldn't tell
1: you, <laughs> right? And Shep's like, so you're saying you wouldn't have told me if if this was just a one night stand?
0: So, yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, they they all, it hasn't really been delved into this season, but they have, they do have a, like a contentious uh, relationship, the three of them. Like, they each have periods of where, you know, Shep hates Craig sometimes. Craig really hates Shep sometimes. I think Shep is competitive with both Austin and Craig. So, I feel like we're going to get a lot of that as the season goes on. For sure. Cool. Um, All right. Well, how about you want to, Take a little trip to Salt Lake City?
0: That's right. Uh, Technically Palm Springs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was so late. Yeah, technically Palm Springs. I was going to say, I was going to say, take a trip to Palm Springs, but I wasn't sure if we would know exactly what, if you would know what I was talking about. But yeah, they are in Palm Springs. I was so shocked that this was day two of their Palm Springs trip. because oh, Just because right. of how impactful last week's episode was. I was like, okay, they're just waking yeah. up on the second day of their trip.
0: Totally. Um, this episode is called Don't Be a Drag. Um, yes. Which is a good title. Um, and then um, Angie makes her own uh, shirt because she didn't get one. It says, uh, all tricks, no trust. Which sure um i also i don't think i sent this to you on tiktok but someone posted um i don't know if it was covid era or what but jen shaw made a wop uh video like as in wet ass pussy Uh um where she's dancing with like her staff and stuff and angie's in it and monica's in it yep did you see that
1: I did. I just saw it. I didn't. I We got tagged in that, and I didn't know what the hell it was because I, I didn't recognize uh, Angie or Monica in it. But yeah, I mean, they. But. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that they did that, but I knew that Jen and Monica were. Or, I mean, Monica and Angie were Jen's, you know, loyal friends up to a point. So, like, I wasn't that surprised by it. I guess it's just interesting that they were doing a wop <laughs> dance together. But For Angie sure. and. Angie and Monica sort of have a uh, like you were closer to Jen uh, fight, you know, like who was actually her friend or whatever, because everyone is trying to deny being friends with her now, even though we saw how close Angie was, how close Heather was. Meredith was close with Jen towards the end. So it's not really I I can't fault any of them for how close they were to Jen at this point. They just were misled. And the minute they knew the the heinous criminal acts that she she did. They all rode her off, you know,
0: bamboozled led astray. Yeah. Um, so Mary, uh, this whole episode just like refuses to participate with anything. Yes. Um, and they go to do like a, like group activity in a park and Mary just won't get out of the van. And she's just sitting there mumbling to herself. She goes, that sign says humps. It usually says bumps. I wonder why <laughs> it says humps. I was like, what? is going
1: on no really really i mean what what is going on what is going on with mary it's it's so she is a friend of uh technically i believe she's 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 considered a friend of now (laughs) but i feel like it's never been there's never been more of a blatant friend of someone that actually actually uh enacted everything it means to just be a non full-time cast member and just decided that i don't have to do anything i don't have to talk to who i don't want to talk to i can just stay in the sprinter van and go on my own little missions but for some reason i think she is i i'm so entertained by her and her position that i i let it slide I'm like, I wouldn't probably tolerate on any other franchise if it was anybody else. But the fact that it's Mary and the things she does are so weird and unique and the fact that she can just be utilized to just talk shit about Whitney or Lisa whenever she needs to, it's kind of a good balance for Mary. I didn't really like when she was in the thick of it because she was, she acted just like this, but you relied on her more, you know? Right.
0: Yeah. Um I was deeply influenced by her last night when she made the driver take her to McDonald's. This is literally my Diet Coke from McDonald's because I ordered – well, I didn't order it. I made – Jimmy was uh, on his way home, and I was like, can you get me McDonald's?
2: (laughs) Did
1: you do fish sandwich, six chicken nuggets?
0: (laughs) If I ate chicken, I would have gotten the nugs, but I did get – I always get a fish filet. So when she ordered the fish filet, I was like, now I have to get a fish filet.
1: I've never had a fish filet.
0: They slap. They are underrated.
1: Well, I think I'm going to go right after we record this and go get a fish filet. I've never had one.
0: They're, in my opinion, delicious. The bun is steamed, so it's really soft. And then it just has that sweet little piece of American cheese tartar sauce. It's it really hits. Honestly, I usually, if I'm like actually getting a meal at McDonald's, I'll get two. Sometimes they have like a meal where you get two. Um, but last night i just got one and large fries
1: that's amazing yeah it was fun to see mary's uh, mcdonald's order i was excited i was excited seeing her read the bumps versus humps sign (laughs) i just like how she goes she was like to meredith at the final bar or whatever she's like meredith do you think i should really go in here or should i just stay in the van and meredith's like (laughs) Who's <laughs> like, you should come in with us. And she goes, no, no, no. I'm just going to stay back. It's just really funny to have one cast member who's just sitting waiting for them in the van. It's very surreal.
0: Like, hours.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, one thing that was kind of funny that I only noticed my second time watching that is just happening throughout is that Heather is so hung over this episode but she doesn't talk about it she is like half of herself like she is giving at half capacity the entire time (laughs) she can barely open her eyes she can barely function she can't even smell alcohol at the bar she's just drinking a big water and she has no time for anything she like she just can't function at all
0: i can't imagine how she just went way too hard on night one you got to save it for night two but sometimes that happens when you're excited you know
1: Yeah, totally. We have to
0: keep that in mind in Big Bear.
1: Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, So I think we can, I mean, if we're being, you know, sort of trying to be uh, brief, we kind of skip over the activities. Although I was entertained by them, I liked it, but it was was very much a housewives trope, you know, an activity to just do. I did like that Heather and Angie sort of had a moment where they were coming together a little bit. Um, But overall, it didn't really hit hard until the drag competition. Once Whitney got the reins of the event and took over, right? Yeah.
0: And then we get yet another, like the third time that Lisa is pissed about you know, being out of her comfort zone and she brags that um, she flew her glam in. She said she spends $60,000 a year on glam. So I'm like, okay, you have a $60,000 ring and you spend 60 grand a year on glam. She said she yeah. paid her hair makeup artist $2,500 to be there plus the flight. And I'm just like, again, like, was that always her thing that she's so bougie because now it's like monica's making it her thing to go head to head about lisa being too materialistic or whatever and i'm like was that always the case or it was just like kind of in the mix with everybody and for some reason it just keeps coming up this season
1: i i don't yeah i i don't i think it's just coming up from the natural things that are happening because i don't remember this as being a I don't know. I guess she is like the most materialistic of all of them, because I don't think Heather's that way. Whitney's not really that way. Mary is obviously not. Jin Shaw kinda was, obviously. Yeah. Um I, I yeah, I don't yeah. know why that keeps coming back. But I was more interested in delving into why Lisa and Meredith. So what happens if you haven't watched her, I'm sure you did. But Whitney takes over. They have a, a drag competition where they do their own makeup. And first of all, was Lisa the only one who has an active glam person there? Because I assume is that's sort of like behind the scenes now in every franchise, right? Like everyone on Beverly Hills has a glam team with them, right?
0: Yeah, she's the only one that mentioned it. Um, okay,
1: so yeah, yeah, all right. I feel like if if someone if Meredith would have been like, well, I'm fine giving up my glam person or whatever, I feel like maybe it was only Lisa who did that. But yeah. what, what did you what did you make of? Why, Lisa, besides monetarily, why do you think she got so upset about the idea of this competition?
0: I don't know if she just, like, didn't want to be, like, bare on camera. Like, I can imagine being like, but I'm like, you can cheat that. Just, like, wash your face and then do your foundation and then, like, go in, like, halfway there. Like, I don't know if she's just freaking out because that's part of her, like, control or whatever but I don't know I was kind of like surprised that she didn't want to have fun with it Um, like I would have assumed before like she was so butthurt about the wearing that outfit yeah. out to dinner a few nights before and I'm like you guys are literally filming like a batshit real housewives show like you're not going into a restaurant as a normal person you're going in as like a group with cameras like no yeah. one's I don't know looking at your designer outfit like it doesn't matter um, but, uh, cause once the girls that actually participated came out, I was like, that's so much more fun.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So she has a, a fourth wall break or whatever. I mean, she like, she talks to a producer and they keep it in. So that's not really technically a fourth wall break. They just showed her talking to the producers, but I mean, you got to see the behind the scenes of like how they handle a situation like this, which this must happen, <laughs> 10 times a season for every cast member i mean they just they decided to show it and i'm glad they did i really liked it i mean it felt it felt warranted that it was in there you know and you see lisa talks to like i think a pa first or maybe an associate producer he immediately brings in the executive producer i looked it up and Lori is the executive producer there so i i I, I liked the behind the scenes look at how they, they like deal with a problem on set with a cast member. It seemed like they got what they wanted and they found a compromise that Lisa was like satisfied with. But uh, what you said is that they all, so Whitney goes all in. yeah. <laughs> Heather goes all in. Angie, I would say I give her credit. Like she went in and yeah. Monica went all in. I mean, they, yeah. they did it. They did their own makeup. They wore wigs. They did, um you know, Outfits and everything. And I had no idea. I was, like, stunned. I, I, like, couldn't believe when Lisa came out because she had made such a big deal about it. I was like, well, obviously she's... Maybe the makeup is not going to be a thing, but obviously she's going to go in. And then it's just, like, crickets when they walk out. It's... Lisa didn't do anything. Meredith didn't do anything, which was also a huge shock. And then Mary, we knew... I'm surprised Mary even walked out. I'm surprised Mary even did it all but mary did nothing mary just wore high high shoes i think
0: (laughs) yeah um i'm honestly shocked that trixie let these bitches borrow her wigs because i think she mentions that they are expensive and he's like bring them back um but like i would not let those bitches wear my show wigs out to the club at all i'd be like no no (laughs) no
1: so they they
0: were trixies that's what she said
1: okay all right yeah so (laughs) i i also so i wanted to ask you also so there is this divide in the group now of the people who who did this and you know and and tried to win this drag competition and then for some reason i don't know what it was but lisa and meredith like did not want to take part in it and mary obviously didn't want to but she doesn't want to take part in anything what do you think why do you think lisa and meredith like just didn't just phoned it in why didn't they want to
0: yeah. well, compete i think meredith didn't want to participate in the activity that she didn't plan so okay. she was like Good yourself and then i think lisa i think she was just still so butthurt about uh the other night and she she kept saying that she hates doing shit like that
2: <laughs> yeah so right i think
0: she was just like no um but uh I liked um, Monica had a whole persona um, and she was like, come sit with the French poodles. Don't be a wet noodle. I was like, that's pretty good. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it it was good. It was good. It was a little. she was Monica overall. Like, I still love her. I think she's great. But she was, again, I think turned up two and eleven when she could have stayed at a nine or a ten like she went a little overboard for the drag competition i was totally fine because i was like okay you're the exact opposite of lisa and meredith you're going all in and she won which was awesome yeah but then
0: Do um, do you think that angie came up with the name that was on screen anita invite or do you think production wrote that
1: i think production wrote most of them but whitney comes out as little girl which I (laughs) like.
0: I wish we had a button. Danny (laughs) Pellagina always plays little girl. Like that's one of his favorite soundbite clips. And I'm like, we need to start having little sound buttons.
1: Yeah, that would be, yeah, that would be so fun. I would, I would like that. (laughs) Um, and then – so another remarkable thing to me, after the, the competition that Monica wins, which I thought was awesome, you know, Monica went all out and she was rewarded for it. Obviously, Lisa or Meredith and Mary would not be, win at all. But then they go to have this um, dinner. I guess, They go into one of the rooms and they eat dinner, and it's one of the most uncomfortable things I think I've ever seen, a very real awkward um sort of silent experience cuz i think that lisa and meredith and mary mary doesn't get along with anyone except meredith but they all know that they like kind of flopped and this this competition was really awkward and it wasn't fun and yeah. heather and and whitney and monica and angie were all being really fun so then there's this like divide in the in the dinner you know in the room and like they don't even sit with them after it was like they 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 knew that they had flopped so hard and they didn't know what to do to how to like get back the energy i don't i, I like i was i was like very <laughs> uncomfortable with that once the energy yeah. just dissipated out of the room
0: for sure and then yeah i'm surprised they had the the energy to go to a third location <clears throat> or second location um but yeah of course on the the bus on the way to the club, uh, Monica re enters the uh expensive jewelry conversation. She brings in the uh the one percent she has a full uh, Bernie Sanders yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. Um I liked when um she's like uh she's like, Yeah, middle class people don't have sixty thousand dollar rings and Lisa's like, Yes, they do.
2: <laughs> yeah, I
1: yeah middle class people have $60,000 rings she said <laughs>
0: yeah. she's like they do they do
1: yeah it was sort um, of once they got into the sprinter van and got to the bar i to me after thinking about it and watching it twice it's like everyone knew it was time to like fight and so everyone Sort of tried for a moment, like Monica had hers against Lisa, Whitney had hers with Meredith, Angie just kept trying and flopping (laughs) to have her fight moment with any.
2: Yeah, (laughs) seriously,
1: it was like okay, Meredith just turned away from me, so now I'm going to fight with Monica. I mean, Angie, you know, Angie and Monica's trajectory throughout the season is like the biggest disparity here. I mean, Monica is coming out swinging, and Angie is having a really hard time uh, as a cast member. In my opinion.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I like uh, Whitney's like, I don't know. I'm just saying like, if I were the one that planned the trip, I would have really leaned into the drag and blah, blah, blah. And Meredith's like, we can all be different. Like, we're not all trying to mimic you. Like, she was just like, so like, lazy about it. But then uh, Whitney goes for, you know, goes all the way and says, um, she's like, it's always an excuse with you. It's like, you know. It's someone's sister-in-law's grandson's three-year-old. It's a headache, whatever. And Meredith is like... "Ah."
1: Her, the the you can leave spirit comes out again i could not believe
0: it. we got it's we got a don't you the hubbard red activated eyes yes
1: we got a don't <laughs> you dare this time you can you watch in real time as this the switch flips again the same spirit that inhabited her for the you can leave just came out again she goes you're a monster she got so fired up
0: Yeah, she's like, you're using a sick child to weaponize against me. And again, we still don't know which sick child she's talking about. She was quite vague about it. Um, I do think uh, if someone implies something like that, maybe not uh, the best ammunition to go for if you don't know the details. Um,
1: I I think Whitney should have used like the headache or the other stuff. She should not have said that but i mean whitney must feel very validated in her claim that meredith tries to get out of anything with like excuses she just shouldn't have used that one she should have used like five other instances because that yeah she
0: started yeah she started to go into her like splitting headache that like she then tried to say didn't she say something about it being like a nerve issue like she was making it like this whole dramatic health problem she was having
1: yeah i mean yeah meredith tried to excuse why she didn't compete properly on a headache and a nerve issue (laughs) so that could have been it that that could have been enough for whitney to go with 30
0: pound wig
1: yeah i'm sort of conflicted about the authenticity of whitney a little bit i really like her as a person and i think she's fun and i think she's got what it takes and i think she should be very secure in herself as a cast member like i don't think there's ever been an instance where whitney would be even close to being fired it's like heather i don't think heather would ever be fired from salt lake city i mean you that core four is very powerful and they are salt lake city but i feel like whitney still maybe feels like she's on the chopping block or she has to fight for her full full full-time cast member every time because some of the things she does i think she is she's providing fake conflict. Like the reason why she went up to Meredith, I felt like was just to have a moment. She reads way too much into the drag competition competing thing. I mean, Meredith's excuse was fine. You know, she just didn't want to do it. Like, who cares? Let her not compete properly. I feel like, also I said this about Whitney's fight with Heather. I felt like that was just more fake conflict because she knows that would be a good storyline to have. And I wish that Whitney could just let herself have her real authentic reactions and it would probably be entertaining enough. And she's never going to get fired. Like, I don't think she's ever going to be so boring that there'd be like, we got to lose Whitney. She always has the connection to Heather. And I think Heather is never going to get fired.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely seems like she gets like overly fired up just to like, or like poke the bear, you know? Yeah. Whatever. And then the
1: rest, of the the rest of the episode really is Angie just going back and forth trying to just have a moment with anyone and she just gets shut down completely. Monica, you know, Monica's ready for it completely. Like they have their own fight. And then w- what happens? They just, they all have the, they all have like a little bit of a fight and then they just get back onto the bus with Mary afterwards. Right. And the trip is over.
0: She's been on the bus so long. Um, their wigs are shifting around and Monica, they, Uh, I guess probably Angie says something about Monica being an assistant and Monica goes, you can't be someone's assistant if you don't get paid. And I was like, well, I don't know if that's true, but okay.
1: (laughs) Right. No. Yeah, it's not true. And also, Angie said she did get paid. And also, I thought Angie actually, to give Angie credit, she was like, "Okay, so you left your kids at home to not get paid by Jen Shaw." I mean, yeah. I I imagine the proximity to fame was compelling to Monica, so I could imagine that maybe she was an intern to Jen Shaw. I mean, but yeah. I don't. I just I don't I don't uh, think negatively. Like I already said, I don't think negatively of anyone who had prior ties to Jen Shaw. I think they all were fooled. By her, and they all did the right thing once she was found out.
0: Yeah, especially if you were, like, employed
1: by her. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no one was more ride or die for Jenshaw than Heather, and I don't have any ill will towards Heather. I think she's doing good in her post-Jenshaw era, despite being the most hungover I've ever seen someone this episode. <laughs> I <laughs> feel bad. Yeah.
0: I've been there. Um, um, all right, should we take a yeah. flight from palm springs to orange county
1: yeah let's go to orange county um i am excited to hear your thoughts on oc i feel very um fired up to talk about it um wait let me do just one transition sure. hold on one second so like you said i think we should take a flight from palm springs to maybe the beautiful area of orange county
0: i wish there was like an airplane takeoff sound
1: yeah yeah, me too. That'd be, yeah, that would be great. Um, so I want to hear your thoughts first, then I'll tell you generally how I felt. But because we haven't talked about this at all. How did you feel about the season finale of Orange County?
0: I thought it was good. I feel like um, the finale was almost like a preemptive reunion of sorts, like where you got to see everyone lay out their information on the table and either like make up or you know, take sides, um, which was kind of a nice way to close, I feel like. Um, but then I feel like anything that was even remotely resolved in the finale will be completely stripped apart in the reunion. Yes.
1: Yeah, I I agree. There was that. Um, the thing I I loved about it was that it was so clear-cut narratively about what was going on. It was like the season came to a very, like, well-written endpoint, which, yeah. you know, I know wasn't clear, it wasn't written, but it just came down to what we've seen the entire uh, season, which is Tamra versus Heather. Tamra more behind the scenes, and then Heather realizing that it was always Tamra all along, and then Tamra, uh, Tamra and Heather going head-to-head, basically, at the yeah. finale party. It was like, it was very clear-cut. I really like that. Not a lot of finales have that sort of... Um, what's that like closure or a well-written end to the season
0: it was like a race to the finish like you'd be like you're like heather get your points in before tamra gets to them you know like you you you're at least i was i think i assume you were too uh rooting for heather to uh get the last laugh
1: yes Yes, totally. So the first, I mean, I can sort of frame it if you want if you're if you want to have the the brief version of this conversation. Yeah. How do you feel? Like so the yeah. first 20 minutes are it's everyone is tr- is really talking about how mad they are at Heather still. That's the first 20 minutes of this. Now, not only are our main cast members who have hated Heather this entire time for completely fake reasons that were fully stemmed by Tamra, fully created by Tamra, now we know that Taylor and Jen want a little bit of peace. They, The peace of Heather. They're like the the last people who got on the heather hate train and they're like, "Wait, if this is how the season's going, let's get a little piece of it too." So Taylor and Jen say that in Mexico, Heather said she was going to go get a sip of soup, have some soup, and then go meet them, and that they are both apparently pissed because Heather fell asleep and didn't come back to them. So now not yeah. only is it just Tamara, Shannon, Emily, and Gina, but now Taylor and Jen are are against Heather for the finale, which I thought was shocking. I was like, no way. Taylor went from, I thought Taylor had such a sweet, beautiful moment last season where she was the sympathetic person commiserating with Heather. I was like, Taylor, this is beautiful. And then even Taylor succumbed to the power of Tamara's hatred towards Heather eventually. It
0: was like watching the States flip on election night. (laughs) Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Oh, wow. We have a a red sweep all of a sudden. We thought that one was in the bag for sure. Or like um, when like senators have to get other senators uh, to uh, agree to vote for their bill or whatever. Right.
1: (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. So I was, I was like, okay, that is a shocking revelation for the finale. Then you get more conversations. Jen is talking shit about Heather. Gina or Shannon is like, I don't care about Heather anymore. I've, I've resigned to my place with Heather. I know she'll never change. Emily is like, I hate Heather and I'll never stop hating her. Like it is like, that is the season. And then I love Heather telling Terry about how she says, I got, I got dog fucked in Mexico. Dog Fucked, And then the producers, the producers show editors show the montage or whatever you want to call that the split screen of the 50 different scenes of people going against Heather. It's like they know that this was I mean, I I felt like there was shade in that editing of just showing this onslaught of all the cast members against Heather. Right. They also
0: included an actual dog humping uh, for effect.
1: Yes, in the center, a dog is actually humping a pillow or something in the center. But, I mean, did you think – like, to me, I, I – uh, like, we've been talking about this entire season, this one-sided feud with Heather who has done nothing. And then you actually see the evidence of all of them coming. They had the snuff snuffleupagus clip, all of this, this garbage, the this soup shit now. It's
2: like yeah.
1: – has there ever been a season of a show where someone didn't do anything – at all that you can actually pinpoint on camera that, and then have all of the cast member go go against them. It's like, um, what it like complete peer pressure.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think, I feel like it's, it usually happens to first season wives. Um, like, I feel like Jen is the other one, (laughs) uh, on this very show. But, um, I also liked her mapping out that, uh, which is true that uh, Gina and Emily have historically been uh, shunned by Tamra and Vicky, and um, they never liked them because they she right. made them feel like shit. And so now, the first time she's showing them any a- attention or affection, they're kind of like on board because they want her approval, which is kind of disappointing.
1: Yeah, I mean, and strategically, it's so dumb, too. If someone wanted a a bigger presence this season, aligning with Heather, who you know for a fact is a better person than Tamara, would have been a great way. I mean, we already gave Taylor so much credit for her brief moment with Heather. Like, why would you all rally around Tamara's, you know, one-sided attack against someone? Like, they all were just duped by Tamara, and they all thought that that was going to be the narrative of this season that would actually yield, um, I guess, the audience's sympathy for some reason. They thought that that aligning with Tamra would get us on their side, and we'd be like, yeah, fuck Heather. She sucks. And then I think you can see Gina. So they have this sit-down that Gina orchestrates. Gina says she knows now, I think, that She she needs a scene with Heather. Heather should talk to someone. So Gina sits Heather down, and then they have this sit down where Heather is so over all of the the cast members and she doesn't want to talk to anyone. But Gina asks her for the sit down, and then when they get there, they both sit there in silence. It's almost like Gina thinks that like Heather is gonna apologize to her first for Mm -hmm. nothing, and then Heather goes, "You asked me here. What did you want to say?" And, And 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 Gina goes, "I can tell you're really upset. I'm upset too." And it's like, Gina, there is absolutely <laughs> nothing that Heather has done that you should be upset about. Yeah. Right? I mean, there there's nothing that Heather has done. Gina is just fully on the bandwagon, on the bandwagon of Heather hate to mm-hmm. where even when Heather plays a clip from two T's in a pod, where <laughs> Tamara specifically says, I have to be with all the losers. And Tamara is gleefully saying it on the podcast. Yeah. Gina – Somehow skews that into still being mad at Heather because Heather didn't tell her up front <laughs> that this happened. Like if Heather has to tell you what Tamra said on two T's in a pod,
0: right? How do you think Heather found that clip? Like who told her about that?
1: I mean, I'm sure that it was probably mentioned at some point in the like on blogs or people who recap Vanderpump or I mean, sorry, Bravo content that Tamra called yeah. all of her cast members losers. It's just, and then, I, and then I think. Gina tells in her confessional that, like, here's why I'm still going to hate Heather and why I believe Tamra. She's like, Tamra is not a liar. And it's like, what are you talking about? Tamra one of the biggest liars of all time. But then yeah. I think something about that conversation and hearing, um, hearing Tamra specifically say losers. Then when they go to the party, which is, like, the best part of the episode by far, the last yeah. 30 minutes, Gina starts to, like, one by one – sort of rally people away from Tamron away she tells Emily what she talked about you know and then it's like Gina was the small little uh I don't know like one to like collapse against her Heather hatred and then Heather throughout the party is just having one-on-one conversations and just single-handedly getting people back on her side throughout the entire party
0: it was thrilling to watch um I uh Yeah. Tamra was like really like grasping at straws. You could see her like losing her power in slow motion. Um, but that said, I don't think that it's a sealed deal. Uh, any of the loyalty that was made that night.
1: No. Um, Um, I just,
0: we don't need to dig into it, but I just wanted to shout out that magazine photo shoot because it felt like old times, um, like housewives being on the cover of like fake local magazines. Um, Amar, oh, wait, I, 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 oh, I Amara didn't see that. Mag. Which magazine were they on the cover of? Tamara and Eddie, or just Tamara actually, was on the cover of. She said Amar. I think it might be like Amare magazine. Who's just like a friend of theirs who has a magazine in 2023. Um, it's like Women of the Year. Oh, okay,
1: so <laughs> um, I watched. And a I live just enjoyed that. And broadcast? then um, Amy, you they froze. You showed... still hear me? Hey. Oh um, yeah. It, it, you froze for just a second <laughs> when you were, when you are talking about, so I, I saw the clip you're talking about like live. It was, it was Tamara was getting like some award, right? Woman of the year or something.
0: Yeah. It was like a magazine cover. I don't know who the other women are, like maybe local businesses or something. Um, I think they were all on the cover. I don't know. We should buy the, the mag, but, yeah. um, Yeah, let's get it. Tamara talks about her childhood and how her dad owned like a like car shop or something like that. And the photo, I think they've shown this photo before, but whenever they show her dad, the photo they choose is him blowing out the candles on his birthday cake. That is like um, the outline of a woman with huge cartoonish tits. (laughs) (laughs)
1: i didn't look at that closely (laughs) that's such a funny photo
2: (laughs) that's
1: awesome i gotta i gotta rewatch that i want to see that again (laughs) i didn't know that it was like it had breasts on it
0: tamra's like laughing in the background like in her teens uh and i was like that's kind of like a funny detail because i know i feel like she's sort of been um you know she embraces her i don't know what you want to call it like redneck or i don't know like rough and tumble upbringing and i feel like uh-huh. they just like uh went in on that being the picture of her dad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that is fun. Um yeah, and so so uh Tamra I mean in this in this episode, I mean, I I don't think I, like I was just thinking the entire time. I mean, Tamra is probably one of the biggest villains in housewife history right just from her just from this season alone i mean has there ever been someone who was able to start a one a completely fabricated one-sided feud against one cast member get everybody on her side and then still continue it until the finale and still you know, basically stir up people. I mean, every time someone comes back from talking with Heather and they're fully on Heather's side, she's like, "Oh, that is so typical of Heather." And and then Tamra even says, "Behind the scenes, Heather is the biggest villain of them all." Like <laughs> that is one of the most ridiculous statements I've ever heard in my life.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like making me rethink. Like I need to rewatch Tamara's history because she was certainly always a shit stirrer. Um, I feel like one of her biggest campaigns was like against um brooks so it felt like kind of like you know yeah valid um but i feel like she hasn't gone this hard or she hasn't had the power to yeah. go this hard ever no, that, before.
2: yeah
1: that brooks thing that had awful intentions before she knew what he was doing she just got on the right side of history once but she's been yeah. awful the entire time since sicking her son on drunken gretchen from <laughs> screaming in bushes performatively from throwing wine in gina keo's eye which i feel like she should have been sued into oblivion for any damage that got that gina's keo's eye got from that From, she even tried to smash a glass. I didn't even remember it. In last episode, she basically almost has to restrain herself from fake breaking a glass in Mexico. They didn't even show it because they're like so over Tamara's behavior. Throwing a napkin at Jen, Tamara has always been awful, but she has been able to do it all behind the scenes before. Now she's lost a step and she is so obviously nakedly doing this. Like, she's, she's lost her touch completely. Right. And. Yeah, she's, she's always been like this. I mean, she's been awful from the very start. From, did you go to Bass Lake? To <laughs> now. To Heather is the biggest villain of all time, which is so laughable that no one believes Tamara anymore. It's just, she she, um, she staked her claim on too ridiculous of a of a mountain. You know, for people yeah. to die on with her.
0: I know that we've talked about this before, but seriously, can you imagine... Pulling that naked, wasted bit in 2023.
1: No, it is. It is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, apart from criminal behavior, which even though that was almost criminal, despite criminal behavior and whatever else, I think the, uh, a, a thing that happened that a cast member did that didn't get any scrutiny at the time is that is probably one of the worst things that is uh, that I've ever seen someone do. Uh, on it was I, I, I,
0: on that uh, below deck scandal, honestly. It,
1: It was. It just, we didn't have, we, we, no one cared as much back then. I mean, it was, it was, she would have been fired. She would have been fired for that. It was awful. It was horrendous (laughs) to sick your disgusting son on a drunken woman in a bathroom who, who was protesting, who didn't want it, who was in a relationship. I think she was married, right? She was married to that guy, right?
0: Uh, engaged.
1: Oh, engaged, engaged. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's awful. It's horrific. And this only, this season, it's like, it was almost worth it just to see how evil Tamara can be up until the very end. I mean, the look of despair when she finds out that all of the cast members are now finally realizing that Tamara was behind everything and they're taking photos with Heather. She goes, oh, you guys are taking photos together, huh? That's really interesting. That's very different from what you've been saying recently. Like it, it – it, it, uh, she's like – she can't believe that her power is lessening on these other cast members and that people are yeah. finally seeing Heather for being the hero, which she was the entire time. And then she has that final confrontation with Heather where she immediately, she hears something that she said where uh, Heather told Emily that Tamra talked shit about her career. Emily tells it right to Tamara's face. And Tamara goes, I never said that. That's a complete lie. And even though you yeah. just saw the clip of it. And yeah. then, yeah, she gets in Heather's face. They have a fight. Heather goes, I don't want anything to do with you. She goes, goodbye, bitch. And that's basically <laughs> the end of the episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. I liked uh Heather had to say it in the most heather way possible. She's like you are laboring under the misconception that I give a shit about what you think. <laughs> so I I'm loved like, it. She really like cannot help herself. Um but I, I like
1: it. I'm I'm like almost like we should redo our top 10 housewives of all time and we're I'm putting Heather. <laughs> oh my god. Exactly I can't
0: believe this clip. You like did not like her at the beginning.
1: I, I didn't. I, I've never I think i got to see heather when the world was against her the the it's it's the world of uh of housewives was against her like i saw her she was down and out she was on the ropes Tamara had her against the ropes beating the shit out of her metaphorically with every cast true, member
0: rocky story
1: and heather just fucking knockout punch back on tamra tamra all or heather all she needed to do was have a one-on-one conversation with everyone and they eventually are just like wait what the hell are we doing here we really believe tamra over heather it was awesome it was so powerful and it was such a story of good and evil it was like so like i said it was so clear-cut i was like rooting for heather and she came out on top it was awesome
0: yeah and their outfits, um, like, Tamra was, like, dressed as, like, a little, like, demon troll clown. <laughs> and Heather, uh, I don't quite understand what her look was, but she was, like, statuesque and, like, yeah. clean and, like, pulled together.
1: It, it was, yeah, it was awesome. She looked like an angel. Tamra looked like an absolute demon. It was so <laughs> great. And then the, the, whatever, the end cards... Oh, 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 and another underrated aspect was when Heather goes to Jen, Jen goes, Jen, very, Jen is very sweet, and I like Jen, and I, I don't blame her for getting on the Heather train late, but she just goes, I just felt like you didn't really give me any attention, and Heather goes, I'm sorry, but I didn't want anything to do with you because of your relationship with Tamra, and I don't know how the hell you deal with Tamra, I mean, she is a piece of shit friend to you, and Jen what's her rebuttal to that? Tamara was the worst friend in the world to Jen. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I
1: mean, Um, it was, was, yeah, that was great too.
0: I also feel like something that's going to come up at the reunion. So I feel like Taylor fucked herself because she was just so wasted and like, didn't make sense. And like, was like deep throating the ice cream and was just like yelling about the chicken soup. And Heather was like horrified, but Heather does like a pretty, like, I don't know, like nasty impression of Taylor that I feel like is going to be. Uh, I was like, you didn't if you just didn't do that, you could have remained on top. I feel like when you get down and dirty, then people are going to get mad at you. But
1: I loved it. I didn't get mad at her. She gets one mean thing that she does after an entire season <laughs> of ever being like- horrible
0: my friends who have five billion dollars aren't pretentious like she was just like going off i was like okay and then um emily uh you know i think she was just drunk but she pulls heather aside and was like you know what i love you and then she starts crying about her childhood and i was like all right yeah let's wrap that one up like check (laughs) check
1: emily Emily didn't even need heather to open her mouth it was like the minute heather (laughs) began to speak Emily was like i love you i love you (laughs) <laughs> i'm sorry i'm yeah. very sorry it was like emily it took nothing for heather to win emily back it was
0: giving like um uh octavian versus uh mark anthony <laughs> oh,
1: you are speaking my language now it definitely was um i it, it will be very interesting like you said how Tamara has uh sprinkled powder on the you know heads of everyone to get them back under her spell i will be very interested to see who could watch that season like you and i just watched it and be like yeah actually tamra was like sort of right on the money there i actually really appreciated tamra this season it's like I-, I couldn't imagine a world where that happens
0: right um all right uh i liked uh did you notice in uh heather's update it says that her son Nikki is uh being mentored by josh altman i'm like do you think they have the power to get them on million dollar listing
1: oh for (laughs) sure and like they just made another like millionaire kid like that kid's gonna be making millions in the next two years like
0: i mean same with like all of the umansky girls like they're just selling like 20 million dollar homes because marisa's like hey do you want this listing
1: (laughs) yeah right do you think heather and terry would ever give us some of their money
0: I would love that. Maybe we can Venmo request them.
1: Well, I know Heather's um, Venmo handle. So it's just <laughs> heather Like What I always say is that even though like $50,000 sounds like a lot to a lot of our little turtle cuties, it's a lot to us. But when you compare that to the amount of money Terry and them have, $50,000 is more like five hundred dollars to them. So I don't think it's yeah. out of the question that we should get some of their money
0: yeah i would at least love um some free uh treatments from terry i would take that too
1: yeah i, I would take that i don't know what i would specifically get done but i i would do something i would actually i would prefer the money but if that was all terry could offer i would do something kind of with my um body
0: <laughs> let's get snatched for 2024 that can that be our
1: um new year's resolution <laughs>
0: I kind of I feel like we have to look good for BravoCon. Oh, I know? want that.
1: Well, okay. All right, well, I want to do that. And um so ultimately like okay, so here's my final thought about OC if you'll just permit me to talk yeah. one more minute. I uh, I wish I wish that that uh, I wish that Tamara had come from a more authentic place and I knew she wasn't just a shit stirrer that was completely inauthentic and, and a producer's puppet and just trying to propel the story by being the most evil you can be. I wish that this had actually had the foundation of being real and not just fake Tamra bullshit. But ultimately, I think this season was good to watch for what ended up happening. This, this very clear showdown between Heather and Tamra. I really enjoyed the finale.
0: Yeah, no, it was really good, um, and it was kind of like the fact that they had both been brought back, and then yes. going head to head. It was kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, I didn't even think about that. They are both returning cast members, and they had all of the power. It was just them.
0: Yeah.
1: Cool. Um, all right. Well, you know no. what? The 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 actual Rony minute.
0: Yeah, one minute. Um, really quickly. Speaking of old Roni and uh, Heather on watch What Happens, did you see who was in the chipmunk costume? R-
1: was it Ramona? <laughs> yeah, I heard a little whisper of that. What? what oh, you tell me. I, I'm interested. Um, I can't believe I didn't watch did it. What did like did? Um,
0: it was a play on the masked singer since Je- Jenny McCarthy was on, and so they did like the masked housewife or whatever, and it was like a chipmunk costume. Um, and uh, they only had to ask a couple questions. Interestingly, one of the questions was, do you have a liquor line or like a alcohol line? And the chipmunk said, no. Um, so then when it was revealed that it was Ramona, I was like, well, wow, you really left uh, Ramona Pinogrigio Grigio by the wayside. But um, yeah, she like pulled the head off. It was Ramona. Ramona said that she did it as a favor for, I forget. She named the Bravo PR girl. She was like, I did it for such and such in uh, Bravo PR.
2: <laughs> wow.
0: But uh, that's
1: fun. How, how long was Ramona there for the episode?
0: She sat um at a bar stool at the bar for the rest of the episode. So it was probably like <laughs> the second half she was just off to the side.
1: It's I I feel like Bravo had a full change of heart. I mean, I I felt like I read articles that said that Ramona was like fired from the Bravo universe after season 13 of Rony, and I feel like they just completely caved and we're just like wait 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 wait. i think we we're too hasty there ramona is definitely still in the bravo universe right yeah
0: I she, was, like she talking,
2: was
1: yeah oh, she sure, was talking
0: ahead. about ultimate girl's trip and like she was sitting in andy's lap and like he obviously like loves her so much uh like thinks he, she's so entertaining so
1: yeah. wow just like me
0: <laughs> um, okay all right um, speaking okay. of
1: so, why don't we fly from wherever the hell we were before, Orange County, and let's go to the beautiful Big <laughs> Apple.
0: But then okay. a second flight to Anguilla. Anguilla? Oh, right. Anguilla?
1: An- Anguilla? Sure. An- oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I think you're right. I'm sorry. I just heard. I thought it was. I, well, whatever. I don't even. I don't know. I've
0: heard different housewives say it different ways, but um, can you fucking believe we're still there?
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> no. Oh, it has felt like perpetuity, like what's that? purgatory. It's yeah. been there for so long. Three episodes has felt like 10 episodes.
0: Yeah, I've even noticed that people that widely defend the show generally are starting to complain about how there's nothing to talk about. I-
1: I was gonna, I was gonna say that I don't want to bring like other people's opinions into like you and I's takes because I don't want that to like influence our perception at all. But I did do some perusing around the other accounts, and I feel like this episode, for some reason, was like the last straw of even the staunchest defenders of Rony. There are people who still say this is an amazing season, the freshest thing they've ever seen, and I feel like <laughs> I feel like this episode pushed even them to the limit.
0: it's like I can't like I can't and like the fact that it's like they milked that like phone thing like throughout the entire episode and like I was just like I don't fucking care like because ultimately you know that they're just gonna like kiss and make up so it's like who fucking cares like you guys don't have like an actual feud it's just so boring
1: yeah it is so boring I mean we can do the broad strokes or we don't even have to talk about it I mean uh i yeah i mean well for people who say this was the final straw i liked it up until this point there has been worse episodes than this that we've had to yeah. sit through i mean there's been there's been a, this has been a run of like five or six horrible episodes since the last time i thought an episode was good so i don't know why this would be the final straw but i'm glad you finally came to that conclusion. I still have no idea what this reunion that people are, that Andy is touting is one of the best reunions he's ever seen in his life. What the hell are they going to talk about? The the phone? Again?
0: Yeah. No, it's so boring. Like the fact that the like reservation or like the dinner at catch brought reared its head in this episode again. I was like, we can't talk about that again. We can't talk about that again. Like I'm gonna freak out. Like I don't fucking care. Yeah. I also um I was looking at a post online of someone that generally likes the show. And uh-huh. they said, if anyone's going to get booted, who's it going to be? And almost all of the comments said, "Sai."
1: I, um, yeah, I, I saw, I've seen that Sai is like the scapegoat for the season. Like people are like, sigh is the real weak link. She's the one we can't, uh, that we can't tolerate they're all very bad. They're all bad. Sai is not remarkably worse as a housewife than any of the other ones. So I really, she's more annoying because of the food thing. But yeah. Aaron is just as annoying. And Aaron is creating the most fake conflict of anyone in the world. Brynn is probably the most annoying cast member I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, The most one-note cast member there's ever been who's like yeah
0: i really couldn't celebrate that like jenna and bryn flirtation i was no. like i don't have the energy for this is so dumb like i'm like either you guys are actually gonna fuck or shut up
1: yeah no i was i was screaming <laughs> fuck i was like you guys better do that right now close the door and make love to each other because <laughs> i think this is just another performative bryn moment where she thinks that this is a you know a way she can get Attention, But, yeah, no, the Psy the thing, Psy is, is not so much worse than Uba or Aaron or yeah. Bren or, I mean, or Jenna. We have so much goodwill towards Jenna because she's a nice person and she's famous and she has a great career and she's fashionable. But yeah. Jenna is not great on the show. not no. Not at all. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I feel she, like she just – she gets goodwill because people like her, you know? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, I mean, people I think, just didn't really like her.
0: I think that, like, as we've said before, she could be fun in a different group. Like, her energy could be balanced by, like, a kookier group. Yes. Um, but, like, right now, since they're all kind of duds, like, her being one of the duds, she really hasn't brought a single goddamn thing, like, at all. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, for I mean, for me, just because we're talking about the cast. So, for me, Jessel has the energy. She's in she's in the worst group, like you just said about Jenna. She's in a horrible group, so she can barely shine. There's so much fake conflict she has to bat against. She has Aaron coming for her. They all make fun of her. They say she's forgettable, which I'm like Bran, you're making fun you're making fun of Jessel being forgettable. She's probably the only good cast member out of all of you that people are starting to rally around. Yeah. So that shows how off the mark Bren is. But really, I think if this show gets put on the scrap heap, which it should, it's put it out of its misery – jessel and jenna are the only two that i think could go on old Rony. if Rony wanted a shake up and they brought back the legacy people keep jenna and jessel and i think they would thrive in the mix with other entertaining people those are the only two now that i think could do it that have yeah. merit to watch that
0: feels right i jessel's really grown on me actually like uh, once she had her like list against Aaron and was getting kind of fired up and a little more like degaff and like standing up for herself and then showing like the humor with her husband a little more I was like honestly like I'm kind of down actually
1: yeah no yeah I know I like her um I like her relationship with her husband I like her relationship with her mom I love that she's keeping a list and checking it twice about <laughs> Aaron and all of the horrible things that Aaron has done and I think that yeah, the cast is so off base with how they're treating her. They're like, Jessel is the weak link. We all don't like Jessel. And like, she's the one that has merit so far and is yeah, actually interesting feels, to
0: watch. She feels like someone that could be on like a different Bravo show. Like if there was like a like yes. PR ladies show or something, like I could see her being on that. Um, yeah. And like, I was uh, one of the turtle cuties was reminding me of, um, what's it called? I'm going to blank on the name, but. Do you ever on TikTok get those like two like middle-aged white women that are like, I've had it.
1: <laughs> you know what? I'll be honest with you. I wish I had seen it, but I haven't.
0: <laughs> they like, they have a podcast and they're, I watch their videos all the time. Uh, and they just than like, ours? Shit. <laughs> okay. um, I think we could be, we should collab with them, but okay, they like I love talk that. shit about, I think they live in like Oklahoma and they talk shit about like what, people they know are doing on Facebook and like, it's kind of like, I've had it with this or whatever. And one of the turtle cuties on Patreon reminded me that they briefly had a show on Bravo called, I think it was called sweet home. Cause they're like decorators. Um, and so I'm kind of like, you know what? Like Bravo really had a great run of like non housewives shows that were usually pretty good. And I'm like, maybe like, I don't know, maybe they could, if this Housewives franchise is, like, doomed, then I'm like, do a fucking Jenna Lyons Bravo show. We know she's interested in, like, because, like, the most interesting part about her is her fashion and, like, her influence. So, like, do a, like, Kell on Earth with Jenna Lyons, which, like, I think the other show she did on HBO Max, I think, was more competition-driven. I didn't watch it. Uh but Or, like, Jessel, like, a PR, like, the way... You know, there was, like, ladies in in London or, like, um, gallery girls or whatever. Like, I think there's, like, more directions than just, like, the strict Housewives format that they feel a little confused about. Because now that they're branching out into, like, I don't know, like, younger or, like, they're trying to go for a different angle. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they could like, spice up their non-Housewives shows or something.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean i don't I don't know i I mean there's such a clear like Bravo has such a baked in audience who will watch anything and give you know their attention to anything i mean we could, we've seen now with Rony that people will literally watch anything <laughs> if it's stamped with the Housewives franchise. I don't necessarily know if Jessel or Jenna isolated would you know, provide enough merit if they can't provide a merit in this, you know, merit in this context. But right. I do agree that there are other avenues that they don't necessarily have to have this talent be within a Housewives franchise. There are other ways that this could have been called fashionable New York or whatever. That's the worst title in the world. But like the New York fashion world, like centric and had the same show, but they're all.
0: Ladies of London is a hundred percent just real Housewives, but it's called Ladies of London.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you wouldn't, and you wouldn't have the uh, scrutiny that comes with, you know, people who are, are so attached to the Housewives franchises. And also it was just such a bad branding decision to, to stop Rony dead in its tracks and replace it with a reboot and not a lot of people who are not so into what bravo is doing like the inner workings of it were are probably just stunned that the legacy cast was just fired completely and are not watching
0: totally um
1: what else happened anything (laughs) no i mean uh, jessel making a list was fun aaron finally gets to like uh, receive some pushback for creating so much fake conflict with all the people, and she immediately can't take it at all. Uba and her resolve the drama within, you know, an episode, and uh, it's that's really it. I mean, it was a it was a slog. It was a very boring episode, but it, it's par for the course of what we've been dealing with for the last four episodes or so.
0: Yeah, I got a, served an Aaron Instagram post. She was wishing her young daughter happy daughter's day. And I was just like staring at the photo and I was like, who are you? (laughs) Like, I was like, I don't like understand like anything about you. Like, yeah, what's your personality? She doesn't know what a wet ass pussy is. She's only 35 years old. She has all these kids, but like she doesn't really have like a motherly energy. Like, it's like, I'm very confused.
1: Me too. We don't know her and we've spent 11 episodes with her and we don't know her. We don't know Bryn. We don't know <laughs> Uba at all. I, uh, I mean, a part of it is that, yeah. like I said last week or whatever, this is such a cloistered group where they're not showing their lives in a way or any of the friends or the things no. they do.
0: We just know and, that uh, Bryn was aboard the Exxon Valdez or whatever. <laughs>
1: like, Yeah, she was just yeah <laughs> cleaning up the BP oil spill or whatever. I mean, it's just... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we've been we've been saying this for weeks, and I a part of me just thinks that Andy and Bravo will be like, deal with it for one more season, guys. You know, we are not we are not going to scrap this show. Like, we know it can find an audience next season. You know, once so I, I I almost believe that that's more likely than them admitting a mistake and getting us back to old Roni.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll see. I wonder what their presence will be like at BravoCon. I feel like that's kind of a good indicator of how uh, hard they're going to go with a show, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: It'll be like, Jazz Soul, Jazz Soul, <laughs> Jazz um, Soul. Yes.
2: Um, cool. Well, right. did well we,
1: I feel like we breezed. I mean, it, we, this is long as hell. I mean, two <laughs> hours and 35 minutes. But I like, you know, we did high level takes and I hope that we didn't strain your throat Too much. It didn't. You didn't sound strained.
0: I'm gonna go. uh, I'm gonna need to do. uh, What's it called? I was gonna say the silent treatment. What do they call it? Vocal rest.
1: Oh yes, vocal rest. Okay. (laughs) Well, Um, I think I speak for our little turtle cuties, just saying that. Thank you so much for taking the time, (laughs) and I hope that there was merit here. You know, I think there was. Hopefully. Yeah, Um, I got
0: that steroid shot in my ass just in the nick of time for us to cover all four shows.
1: Yeah, it was just like that Mad Men episode that we sometimes talk about, where they get those B12 shots in their ass and they start running around the Mad Men office. (laughs) So good. Okay, well, all right. Well, I want you to have a wonderful day and get better. And then let's record our Patreon tomorrow.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the (laughs) the grind is real.
1: Okay, good. All right. Well, we love Amy and I love you so much. I hope that we talked about everything in the world this week. We love you so much, and we will be back next week with even more talking. Turtle time.
2: Okay. <laughs> Bye, guys. Goodbye. This one's for you tonight.
1: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.